And right now, we are going to go to Mental, live in studio on, uh, yeah, so enjoy it, get your tape decks, press record, here is Mental. Yo, 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 you know who this is? This is Mental from Boston, Mass. We're gonna do a special song right now. This is a dump truck is taking away. The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC 292 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. on everybody it's dan tom here your host of the protect your neck podcast if you listen on audio you probably heard some a uh, little bit of a change up on the intro this week a little bit of uh yo yo mental from boston mass of course we're going to be breaking down ufc 292 from boston uh apologies for being late as per usual never want to be the late guy but uh just got to be the late guy i guess just just uh just the thing and i'm uh, complaining shut, shut up shut the fuck up uh, Dan Tom here. We're gonna be uh, breaking down UFC 292. Usually, um, for you know, almost a decade now, uh, we do recaps and then go into the show. And then I'm one of the few shows who actually like recap um, the picks and plays at the end. Which, by the way, this like couple weeks off. Oh my god, I actually got back to listening to like breakdown podcasts again. Holy shit! Is it annoying that like not only do most podcasts don't do that. But you're just, especially if you have like ADD like me, you're like, who the fuck are you talking about? Now, people who write do a better job because you, when you write, you're forced to like not use these lazy crutches of he, she, her, who the fuck are we talking about if you've got ADD, right? Use their fucking name. Um, and then you get lost on like who they're even talking about. Oh, did they make a pick? You're having to hit the rewind a bunch of times just to hear what their pick is because they'll make the pick, but then they'll drift off and like keep talking about the fight. And I, I'm sure I've done this too, but that, that's why I recap at the end. That's why I recap the picks and plays at the very end. And despite keeping that same energy, people will still complain. Oh, Dan, wow, Dan, you're a real asshole coming back. I know, you guys wonder why I've been trying to come back. Like, this is this is what you guys want, I guess. But, um, but yeah, uh, despite that, people still complain. And then even when I come back to them patiently with a nice energy, we're still O for nothing. They never fucking show their face. Come back, compliment, like, acknowledge, thanks, my bad. None of that shit, but we're actually going to be placating to those assholes. We're going to be going with the breakdown first, if time permits. Uh, get your questions in the chat. Not that I deserve it, not that I ask for it, but it is monetized. So, you know, those ones will get, you know, uh, the priorities, but there's no exclusivities or anything like that. You know, I'll give love to all y'all who are piling in. Appreciate you. Hit that like button, um, or don't. I don't, I, I clearly don't really care that much of so. Uh, but I do care about those of you who do, and I do appreciate those of you who do. But yeah, time permitting, we'll get to those. Any questions about the ABC conference or any of that stuff? Um, I put the feeler out there. No one really seemed to care or take me up on it as far as my colleagues go. Uh, so like, kind of like I predicted. Oh, you're being negative. Like, Am I? Am I? Or am I just calling shit that, 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 that happens and I'm pissed off because it just gets tiring? From this end too, by the way, not just listening to my ass, which I understand we get tired. 
But yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Let me get my fucking name tag on here in case you want to follow me on uh, Twitter. I'm still going to call it RT retweeting Twitter. Uh, fuck X, fuck Elon, uh, fuck uh, this uh, country's uh, obsession with goddamn billionaires uh, when, when there's actual real shit and real people uh, that uh, are going on uh, with the soup du jour right now, of course, in Maui. Uh, thankfully, I don't have much family there, but that really doesn't matter. We did have a scare with an uncle. Thank you guys who reached out. We uh, He's on the list of okay, but there's really no self-service, so we, we, no one's been able to speak to him yet. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of people who are dealing with way worse shit over there. And uh, that there's, you know, there's way worse shit going on in life, so let's try to keep things uh, fun, as fun as I'll, you know, my curmudgeon ass can allow for. Of course, we're... we're you know, we, we have fun, we play our games. We're, we're talking about mixed martial arts, and, you know, it is real life, it is real serious for the fighters, which we shouldn't lose sight of. But as for us, even for people like myself, like, uh, the reminder is that, like, life's more important. Like, we, we shouldn't be, uh, you know, taking this shit so seriously. That being said, uh, the few of you uh, who have reached out, uh, the few, the proud, the, not the Marines, but you know who you are, uh, I really appreciate you motherfuckers, man. Um, Will, you know, help motivate me get back. Of course, this is my six-year anniversary with MMA Junkie. Um, even got a retweet on the outlet from that, which led to uh, a lot of love. So I, I appreciate any time my uh, outlet decides to uh, to retweet me again. I'm going to be using the words retweet, not not repost. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll get to it. Let me just give love to the people who are here for whatever reason. We got Makato Kayagoku in the house. Very happy you're back, Dan, even if it's just for today. I'm especially glad because it's Whaley Fight Week. Yeah, absolutely. There, you know, we'll see if we get to the recaps. I've still been writing down my notes, plays, keep tracking, keeping track of everything. So I'm, I'm keeping that same energy. I'm not missing any of that. Um, we're still being accounted for, uh, still accounting for myself, all that usual shit, or as other people call complaining, which they still will, even though I'm going to, you know, skip that portion and give them what they want uh for free and recap it for free which people who aren't for free do even do that but okay uh i'm not even trying to throw shade man i'm just i just sorry you guys gotta just like ignore me and i gotta like plan to take my vacations like a lot of life stuff's been going on i'm not gonna get into it like just just all craziness you know uh uh health medical family family hawaii bunch of stuff right like um but like uh yeah like i just i i get a especially bitter uh come uh you know between doing, you know, busted my ass and just kind of burnt out right now and, you know, getting the certifications for the judging, the refereeing, doing all these stuff that most of my media colleagues do, doing actual journalistic stuff where, where I can as well and, uh, and and just seeing no one gives a shit, um, you know, uh, you just like, ah. And then the uh, MMA awards time is when I, I was alluding to I need to start taking off. Whenever they announce their nominations, I need to just like... It's just a reminder of, of, of my ceiling. Oh, Dan's complaining. Like, whatever. It's, I, I, I put too much time into this shit. Um, to, uh, yeah, to get these results, but they are what they are. And uh, not hiding from results anyways, but I could have came back on winning weeks because we actually did have some. We started creeping toward the black. I think we actually quietly got within three units of striking distance getting in the black. Um, and I could have came back on any of those weeks, but I've just legit been busy, folks, you know, and... Uh, you know, uh, my emotions or how I'm feeling, wah, aside, you know, I've, I've legit been busy, honestly. So, um, appreciate you guys, uh, sending the love, and, uh, and, yeah, uh, I'm actually coming back on a week where I got reverse sweeped, which is way too, con that was, like, a rarity, like, I, 
I'm guessing I could probably still count on one hand, but I probably just use my last little piggy. You know what I'm saying? And like the majority of those piggies off that one hand from, you know, half day, decade of doing this, uh, not being tracked third party through Action Network, but tracking publicly uh, in multiple ways and multiple mediums. Um, yeah, man, that, that was just a rarity. But again, I've been really, you know, um, been joke, you know, you know, I, I've talked with you guys about it, so it's not anything I talk about behind the scenes as well. But like, yeah, it's the challenge is still open. Name a, name a bad decision, air quotes, injury, TKOs, whatever, that I've been on the right side of, and even if I was on the right side of, did I have a bet on? Um, I'm still waiting on that answer because I, I still can't find one. <laughs> I'm still reminded of these things. So we're, we're, we're definitely due. Hopefully we're due this week because I uh, I could definitely use it. Um, we've got about four or five matchups uh, covered through tape for you guys, even though I'm really on the fence about one of them. We'll get to that. Um, may even have a parlay for you this week. Got some numbers that I was just trying to get in. That's why I was kind of late. But like, uh, but like, um, oh, thank you, Jin Karasu. Congratulations on six years. Appreciate that. Because uh, uh, Schmet Schmem GM, uh, of course, I swear, for somebody even, you know, I feel like I'm always at home working regardless, but even when I'm just like firing on, don't got the contender, don't got this, don't got that distracting me or whatever, just waiting. Um, it's just always released when I'm out running errands, when I'm when I'm finally ready to sleep. Uh, or when I'm about to go live, they decide to release the numbers. And, uh, and, and yeah, God forbid I actually try to get... A decent end of the numbers, even though it doesn't matter if I get the openers from where I get it, because I get kind of shit availabilities. Oh, Dan, you're complaining. All right, stop, stop, stop. All right, but uh, yeah, we got a chronic combat conversations in the house. It feels so right. What's up, guys? I don't know why this feels right, but I appreciate the fuck out of you guys. Go check out them, by the way. Rio says in Truesdale in the house, my man over there. Um, my apologies if I ever complain on your show. No, you don't need to apologize, man. If anyone's got to apologize, it's me. Hey, my man, Ghost Phantom in the house. We got the... Uh, well, I got an admin in the house. Uh, for the judging thing, did you call them out for not scoring body shots? You know, um, Kevin McDonald uh, did that course, and he actually did a really good job, and he actually mentioned that um, specifically. And that was a, a takeaway, not to get too sidetracked or into that, but that was a takeaway. Um, the courses were fantastic. The people uh, doing the courses were fantastic. You had high-level people uh, teaching them and even taking them, you know, uh, you know, uh, there were a lot of, uh, air quote, elite judges who you often see scorecards taking the uh, judging course, you know, showing no ego, sitting in there, even though it was pretty rudimentary for them, they were still doing that. Even ones that you may or may, may not get the most criticism, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, he or she might wear glasses, right? And uh, that person was in there doing their due diligence, was, was, was very uh, friendly, open to learning. So, again, will, will it make them any better? Will it make them, in your eyes, well, get in there and, and learn it for yourself, and I think that you'll, you'll have a better say. But uh, for what it's worth, man, like, there is really good stuff being taught. It's just not that they're teaching, like, body work doesn't count. It's just at the end of the day, you know, um, what is getting more information, you know? Uh, I know someone was giving me crap, like, you think you're the only person? Like, no, I don't think I'm the only person. I never say I'm the only person. But God damn it, when you're seeing all the discourse from educated minds, air quotes, media pundits, betters, cool people, randos, whatever, I'm still not seeing that a lot of the times. I'm just seeing people getting up in arms. You know what I'm saying? Um, or people, like, overly, like, defending. And none of them on either side are saying, like, 
Guys, what's the common thread of most of these decisions? Uh, body work and leg work. And even when the person gets hurt to the body with the Cub and Hakeem fight, um, how many times do we see the person that's hurt to the body still get the decision? It's just, it's not right, you know? We can, you know, I can use my usual Andre Uhl. Um Jonathan Martinez in Texas with the Joe Solis, right? But that can also be written off. Well, that was Joe Solis. That was Houston, right? Um, which, by the way, you know, I'd, I'd be careful about that. Of course, got to get in touch with some of my uh, some of my friends who who do work in that Texas commission and judging, and they're they're, they're asking, uh, you know, give uh, asking like uh, why I didn't do uh, and some people ask why why why, why didn't you uh, do the uh, judges going to judge thing or whatever and. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get asked, honestly, but just the fact that, like, other judges and stuff, you know, whether they're friendly with me or not or are aware of that, that was pretty cool. Um, so I don't want to, like, you know, cast aspersions there. So, like, just to keep that same energy, you know, Ben Cartlidge is a judge that I and many hold up high. Like, look at Alex Morono and um, the Japanese guy, Southpaw. Fight switch, but uh, choked out Li Jing Liang. Kato Nakamura, sorry for anybody briefly screaming at their speaker there. Um, he gets hurt to the body. Uh, Nakamura, uh, he does a southpaw kick, and then Morono gets hurt to the body and backs up. And the one dissenting judge that still gave that round to Morono was Ben Cartledge, a very good judge. And I still think he's a very good judge, by the way. But that just that just happens, right? You know, um, you know, we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that body work, Peter Yan and O'Malley, a little more relevant here as we get into the breakdown. But yeah, so uh, they did uh, to just shorten up that answer and get into the breakdown. They did. Uh, which call it? They did really, you know, they did a good job of going over that. It's just, are the judges executing it? And you know, uh, if you know, it's just a whole other thing. Um, appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah, I, I, let me get to this breakdown here. Okay, um, I'll get back to anybody I missed. Best fight odds has us jumping all over the place. All right, let's see for timestamp here. We got UFC two ninety two. We got. Uh, Aljamain Sterling minus 258 roughly uh, Sean O'Malley challenger comeback plus 210 13 minute stat there alright uh, this fight uh, in-depth dropped on MMA Junkie I think the video is probably up for both I don't know when the co-main written is dropping although the betting co-main is out on the Action Network um, where I also track my uh, my picks and plays and stuff and all that goodies um, which I'm still punching in um I just need to make the plays to punch them in and for some of the plays at least. And then, uh, anyways, yeah, I already went on that little tangent with the app. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm going with uh, Sterling here. Um, I know. Wow, Dan, you really really haven't. I, listen, I haven't done this stuff in a while, so I'm a little rusty. Uh, I just got done with the workout, skipping food. All I have is a little protein bar, and I squeezed my BCAAs in, and that was about it. Um, but yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Sterling on this one. Uh, you know, a lot of striker versus grappler comparisons, but, um, you know, Sterling can hold his own. He can be difficult to hit. Uh, the counters are definitely going to be live, you know. Um, and uh, not just that, but, uh, you know, I do wonder how much, you know, O'Malley is working on his front chokes or anything like that. You know, we have seen, you know, Sterling get caught in kind of front headlock positions that Cejudo couldn't really capitalize on. Um but uh, not that I expect O'Malley to get too cute without paying for it. So uh, nothing needs to depend on, but I do curious. Uh, I am curious if that's like a back pocket thing for if like, you know, a scenario where Sterling is hurt because I believe it would take that type of club and sub scenario 
for some sort of O'Malley submission uh, to appear. Um, knockout and strikes are his main pathway to victory, but not necessarily by knockout as far as the method goes, right? Um, because he could use his strikes to win a decision. You know, we've seen Aljo, even in the decision that I don't disagree with that he won against Peter Jan. But even in that decision, he really started, you know, in his victories even, we've seen him kind of flag. Um, has a whole, excuse me, has a hard time maintaining that pace. Probably has a lot to do with why he's talked about moving to featherweight, you know, this being his last fight probably at Bantamweight, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, the, if he, let's say, backpacks um, O'Malley, but O'Malley really worked his defense and he loses the round, maybe even loses the round 10-8, but, you know, Aljo's legs are rubber, you know. Is that enough for O'Malley to use that window to, you know, kind of get a knockout like Jakar Close almost did to Benil Daryush, right, after that round of back control and Benny just kind of uh, hurt his corner, uh, saying the opposing corner saying he was tired, got angry, saw red, and this blitzed him and it, and it paid off, right? But, you, you know, before that, me or anybody picking, liking, playing Benny was worried for him because he was just like, oh, man, his legs look jello out there, right? And Aljo's been able to backpack and finish five-rounders before, but maybe he, you know, doesn't get finished, but, but you know, uh, does enough to lose rounds. You know, he's able to get takedowns when he needs to, so he doesn't get finished. But again, the control, not his weight as much as strikes, especially when the strikes appear to uh, have, have done, uh, done actual damage, obviously. So you're not only, you know, uh, having a more scoring-friendly form of scoring with strikes opposed to takedowns, which depend on what you do with them, of course. Uh, damaging strikes, uh, you get into that territory of immediate over cumulative, which can be dangerous, but uh, is is there for a reason, which I agree with as far as in spirit, despite it can be very much misused to uh, overwrite, not circumvent, because that would uh, declare some sort of intention, but, uh, you know, it can kind of uh, undervalue the accumulative nature, um, which, at the end of the day, cumulative is effective, effective striking, nonetheless, do as, as well, so... Yeah, um, I'm going to go with um, Aljamain Sterling. You know, uh, O'Malley does something even more so than Corey Sanhagen did. And the thing that made me pick, not just the small cage, but stylistically in the small cage that made me pick Sterling over Sanhagen um, was that Sanhagen standing uh, or... Uh, <clears throat> uh, standing or... Uh, sorry, I'm trying to blanks here. Uh, Standing against the fence in the open, uh, in scrambles, uh, getting back to his feet. Different scenarios, multiple different scenarios he tends to kind of give his back. And I am a fan of, you know, the get-ups from the MMA lab. You see guys like Brian Barbarina, Scott, Scott Holtzman do it. Um, you know, they'll look for a cross wrist, and they'll kind of give a little bit of back exposure. Sometimes they'll do it without the cross wrist. They'll reach for it smartly. But sometimes it's just a grab and go, and the grab's not there. It's a, it's a heat of a fight. You're trying to grab an arm, and they're also punching you with right... You got to get you know kind of ass over tea, almost ass over tea kettle to that point, uh, as far as just you know getting up, getting up, and um, you don't want to go ass over tea kettle, but you know what I mean. You want to get your 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 ass up in the air, get to your base, and uh, in that process, you know, good back takers can take advantage of you. And you know, I saw somebody floating a stat out there, which you know, uh, again, I appreciate it because it's at least like you know it's. Uh, it's relevant engagement to technical analysis and this and that, but at the same time, you know me, I'm not a big fan of stats. Part of the reason why is it's, it's very misleading. Like, uh, Aljo, if you, they listed just his last seven fights, like the amount of takedowns completed. 
And it's like, A, I point it out all the time, when you actually watch the tape, um, you will find uh, some questionable takedowns, which I did, by the way. Uh, maybe not for this matchup per se, uh, but for others. Um, I think maybe for the Ian Gary sample sizes, they were just counting some weird stuff there um, that his opponents did uh, that weren't really takedowns in my opinion. But um, So there's that. Those numbers aren't even really that accurate in the first place, right? Sometimes it's not even like interpretation arguments. Sometimes they will outright flip the control time. See, Makwan Amirakani and Jason Knight, which they've had how many fucking years to adjust at this point? But it's on the stats thing that everybody prances out there like the fucking Bible. Um, but yeah, uh, and then secondly, um, and we'll get to this, you know, with Neil Magny, right? Because the same applies for him. And you're like, wait, how is this guy, you know, he's not winning titles, Neil is, even though he's the most winning welterweight. How is this guy, you know, even though he's been losing lately and he's looking, you know, definitely hitting toward the advanced parts of his career and Slash is already there, right? But like... He's still winning a lot of his fights. How's he doing that? How's he winning all these fights, you know, without completing these takedowns? Because some guys, even though they're complete different styles, Aljamain and Magni, it predicates on just them knowing how to navigate the clinch super well. You know, they just have to be there, right? They don't even have to get there from the most advantageous positions. They can actually work from negative positions into the clinch slash into positive positions from the clinch. And if you look at the Sterling and Sanhagen, he didn't even get Sanhagen down. He took his back standing. Again, because there was just a little bit of that back exposure. And going back to watch Sean O'Malley's early fights from his you know amateur days, which don't really count to more relevant days from Contender Series on, you know, especially from you know John Crouch MMA Lab when he moved from Montana to Arizona on, that's pretty hardwired. Could could they? Uh, I'm sure they drilled it yeah sure you know maybe more underhook butterfly back to the cage like a cheese grater right at style get-ups to protect your back from a from a back taker like sterling but you know sterling finds it in weird positions even off of kicks right he's that's another thing is like o'malley's gonna have counters and i think front kicks and knees may do him well but the latter knees and all the other types of power kicks especially low kicks um could get him in a lot of trouble you know, uh, Sterling shins are, you know, mush. And, like, I was wondering about that because I, I was like, man, I had, like, an indentation on my shin. And it felt, like, kind of, like, mushy. I was like, is this what Sterling's talking about? And I went to check it when I wasn't kicking and it wasn't there. And I guess maybe that's normal because I just haven't, you know, uh, been doing heavy bag work in a while. And, uh, you know, I know I look like a, a fucking nerd. But, uh, you know, got a good left kick on me. Um, and I'm just like, man, I could. can you imagine what an actual fighter's shin is going through? Um, but that being said, you know, how durable is O'Malley, right? Back to my thing about 135ers. Now O'Malley's still on the right side of 20. But even even then, he's already showing uh, the signs of the, you know, the Andre Ulls, um, Montel Jackson, perhaps, if not, you know, coming up soon, right? These guys that are long and lanky and they cut the weight, these are the ones that suffer the weird injuries, right? From 155 Corey Hill all the way down, right? Um, you know, I know we've got two shin snappers at middleweight, one of it's fighting on this card. But I'm saying generally, you know, you, you know, I'm not talking about shin snappers, I'm talking about just general in injuries to, to cardio depletions, to just diminishing returns in general. And O'Malley is absolutely on that list. He's been on that list, right? Uh, he's, you know, as far as his potential for injury. So, um, so yeah, uh, you know, how, how much does he shelve those kicks? Because those kicks, like we saw, even body kicks to leg kicks, like Peter Jan found out, like those 
can lead to just instant back takes as well. So even if they are drilling, you know, against the fans, get ups to kind of rewire um, in those heat of the moment transitions, that's very hard to rewire. And that's where Aljamain Sterling makes his money and takes those backs. So I'm going to go with Sterling by submission. Um, again, kind of like I alluded to, to the uh, as far as devil's advocate thinking, to potential pathways to O'Malley besides the obvious of, a, of an early knockout. Um, O'Malley, you know, his gas tank isn't, you know, the greatest either, but he looks to he looks to recover. And uh, Sterling's will worry me. I've, in fact, I think that uh, even if Sterling can win, I think he can win a decision. And if this goes late, I think he can still finish late and dog out a finish late, depending on how O'Malley's looking, right? Depending on how much attritional damage Sterling was able to get done early. But in my opinion, if this goes into round three, um, something's wrong for Sterling. I think Sterling should be able to finish this in round one or round two. So I played Sterling by sub because that's just what he goes for the most. Plus 175 is a solid number. Uh, I think I got it for plus 180 in... Uh, in um, what do you call it? I'll have to check, actually. Why don't I just do it here live? Why don't I do that, Dan? Huh? Why don't you do that? Uh, Schmet Online. Here we go. Uh, not Schmet Online. Uh, it's uh, Schmet, Schmet GM. Um, no one's paying me, of course, so... You gotta have engagement and followers. Wow! What these guys saying? Wow! For all that stuff. And you guys know that's not me. Just a curmudgeon bastard. Um, yeah, let's go here. Da -da 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 -da. And I also played Sterling round two. Sterling round one's 400 is not bad, but I'm not trying to overexpose here. Um, and I think, uh, you know, O'Malley is, is obviously um, lively. That's his live round two. So I think the more hot round, round two, I think that is for uh, Sterling. Um, Sterling by sub, yeah, plus 180. Let's do that. We go 50, since I'm only doing one round. I'm going a half unit to win three units for round two, and one unit to win 1.80 or whatever. You know what I mean? Okay, place bet. And it's probably going to be loading forever like it did before and not go through. Um, all right. Uh, next fight, we got uh, Zhang Wei Li minus 310. Amanda Lamosh plus 250. There it is. Confirm wagers. You slow motherfucker. All right. I'll be back to you in a second here because we got plays for this one too, folks. Um, by the way, I think the under three and a half or under four and a half is like more than uh, legit. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the unders in both these fights because... Um, for insurance, in case the uh, challengers do have their uh, the opportunistic striking challengers, although Amanda Lemos more of a submission threat to win than O'Malley is in his matchup, fair to say. Um, as insurance, uh, I think we have action matchups all around, and the unders are actually pretty decently priced to where if you have a big bankroll, you could take them straight up, depending on what's offered to you and what numbers you caught. But if you're more of the poor man player like myself, we're going to parlay up those suckers um, and uh, put it with uh, one other third leg. <laughs> Easy, Dan. Um, all right, close. We'll go to that. But, yeah, um, I'm, I'm taking Zhang Weili, obviously, team team Magnum in the house. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a big Zhang Weili fan. Um, you know, uh, I've talked about the wrestling a lot. And many of you in the chat have mentioned Josh Hinger in particular. And I paid attention to that, folks. And, uh, you know, even though I did, uh, you know, 
um, was already alluding to my. If you read my last analysis, say don't be surprised if not just the grappling, but the wrestling is won by Zhang Weili in parts, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I, that submission really drove the point home. You know, to, to credit to you guys in the chat. I'm not taking credit to you guys in the chat. Those of you know who you are, you guys are all kind of Team Whaley. And uh, so I don't want to point anybody out in particular. I also don't want to point anybody out in particular, um, you know, because uh, and I'm not gonna I'm not going to 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 share who, what, what kind, what what I, what what was shared, what I saw. I'm not a big camp intel guy. I don't really share those things. But it is feel nice when um when you you, you do get the little birdies that uh, share things in your ear and they kind of match what the analysis is seeing. And uh, let's just say my woo-woo thoughts or my little birdies or whatever you want to say or not say aside. If we're looking at the analysis, that's what I do. That's what we do here on this show. Um, there's a clear grappling and wrestling uptrend. It's more just her aggression, right? Which is can get her in trouble on the feet. And maybe not so much like um, uh, an Andrea Lee or early Andrea Lee per se, where they grapple themselves out of position just as fast as they grapple themselves into position. That's not Zhang Wei Li's thing, but it's just more sharpening those submission things, and those instincts have always been there, which is why um, uh, something that makes me go for the submission as well, uh, props. I'm sure if we got another guy who's good at grabbing submission props out there, my guy Liam, the last time I was last guest for a pay-per-view show I did, because I missed the last one, I think, 291, 290. Uh, shout out to my guy Liam, Liam uh, picks fights out there. Um, but yeah, like I, I look for that instinct, and anytime you're in, she's in scrambles. Even when it's cost her, sometimes she is going for that back. Except she's gotten better and better to the point where even if she doesn't lose that perfect position, she parlays it into that rear crucifix to that one arm uh, variation. I know she still ended up using the two arm to finish, but it was uh, it was set up for the uh, one arm finish almost style, right? I mean, definitely, definitely, uh, she already had crazy back take ability, right? And now that she's actually having technical refinements put to that insane kind of mutant-like athleticism, right? I mean that in the most respectful way possible. Um, I just feel like the submission is live. Lemos can be caught by uh, opportunistic submissions. She is a bit uh, better at scrambling. We saw that in the Marina Rodriguez fight. I know she, you know, she she, show, she shows a really good wizard and better wrestling in the Michelle Waterson fight, and then does that quick turn too, which is kind of like a classic thing, you know. Um, another classic, it's from, uh, it reminds me of the classic one from the actually like over under where you have the underhook and then you sweep the, uh, lead foot if it's on the underhook side, right? Like you want to do like a, kind of like a judo throw, like, um, sorry, I don't have the proper term. Uh, Fedor would use these, not even for the throw, but Fedor would use them just to kind of, uh, break the clinch and, and then strike off the break, right? He would, he would use the underhook and then hip in on the same high side as he as he almost wizard kicked or he would do, do it with the wizard as well if he had the actual wizard and use that momentum um, sometimes you do that with a wizard or underhook and then their head comes down from the hip bump slash kind of a inside the thigh kick out right uh, their hip comes down and then you use that to either snap down on a front headlock or uh, go for a front choke altogether I want to say Suarez used one of those variations uh, in her last one of her last two wins and uh, Lamos did her variation of it against Watterson, which was nice. But, you know, again, in that, that that round two, I believe, she shows some good grappling in that Rodriguez fight. And I don't know if her cardio was improved because she actually gets a third-round TKO, which is not like her. She has not gone five rounds, even though she's been scheduled it um, 
for it, I believe, twice now, right? Rodriguez and Andrade wins one, loses the other, both under the mark. Looks better in the third round, Tikia, which she gets again. But that wasn't a, a very torrid pace. Um, again, to her credit, because she is such a good counter-striker, even, a, even you know, uh, uh, one of the more air-quote noted strikers of 115 strawweight, Marina Rodriguez, was weary to engage, right? So um, for that reason, that's that, for that reason, uh, I think that we could have a, a slower round one. Depends how you know, um, you know. We've seen uh, Zhang Weili; she's been very aggressive uh, and kind of back to that aggression in her last two fights. But we've seen her kind of outfight um, a little bit before and look to counter. For example, the Rose rematch, we saw a little bit of more of that, and also in the Rose rematch, we saw a lot of her wrestling in that. Right, that's where we really start to see her wrestling start taking a, an uptick, that Bangtown Muay Thai Hickman Brothers influence, you arguably start seeing it come to fruition about that fight, right? So maybe we see that. So for that reason, not only am I big on submission, maybe I, I go and add more, to be honest, um, plus 400. Uh, you still get a plus 390 at some houses, uh, probably a higher at the, if you're not at the houses that I'm at, just, just what I'm seeing. Um, but I also think round two is going to be the hot round, and I played round two at... Uh, I already played it in one house, but I added. I'm gonna add round three here as well, live with you guys. Let's let's see what I get for it. Um, yeah, it was 400 for the sub. I want the rounds though. The rounds are up and out, baby. Plus 450. That's the same. Plus 700. Okay, it's the same prices. Plus 450. Plus 700. Um, and uh, yeah, the submission plus 400. So I got 100 on the submission, and then uh. What did I do? I did a half unit here. Slightly more exposure. Still under two units, but just under a 1.5. 1.5 unit on that main, right? Uh, yeah, we did a, we're doing a half unit plus 400 round two. I believe that's the hot round. Uh, that's two unit return. We'll do a Scotty Pippen 0.33 at plus 700 for round three. Uh, that's 2.31 return. Um, and then hopefully it's... Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Whoops, plus 450. I did the wrong one. I did the wrong one there. Uh, wait, it's 225 back. Sorry for the round two. Scotty Pippen, 0 0.33, 231 back. And then over here, we had sub for 400, or sorry, 100 at 400. Obviously, you don't need a mathematician there. That's four units back for that. So hopefully, it's by sub regardless of the round. So that we pay that off, but there's potential uh, two-unit bonus stackers, or in case, you know, it is it is by TKO. Then hopefully she doesn't do it in round two or round three. Um, then we still profit, not a lot, <laughs> just under a unit or something probably. But you know, at least we still profit something there if she does end up getting the TKO. But those are the uh, hot rounds, I believe. Um, given uh, the pacing that she brings, and I think that'll bring about that pacing will bring about the. Uh, the gas tank issues for Lamo, she was only getting older cutting this weight, you know. Um, again, I think she's 36 at 115, you know. Um, you know, we'll talk about Magni 36, that's at 170, a little different. Uh, Lamo, I believe, has been fighting for around the same time, except she's at 115. And we'll see what she looks at the scales, folks. But uh, at the media day, she just didn't look like she was enjoying herself too much there. Like, I don't blame her. I'm just saying, like, you know, for what that's worth. By the way, shout out to my guy, Clint, if you want weigh-in stuff and all that kind of analysis. And Clint's been fucking hot lately, man. Um, go follow my guy there at Die Hard MMA. Excuse me. All right. Uh, 
I'll, I'll come back to your guys' comments in a second. I just want to get through this breakdowns and stuff. Um, Ian Gary, minus 500. Neil Magny, plus 380. All right, I've alluded this one. This one's been on my mind, as you can tell. <coughs> because I just got done watching tape. And I'm on the fence, man. Speaking of my guy, Clint, I am like... I Part of me wants to trust my balls, right? Because... I'm just like, oh yeah, like everybody calls out Neil Magny, and usually it's people with a stylistic edge to it. You know, Gilbert Burns was calling him out, and we knew it was going to happen there. And usually it's the Brazilian uh, Jiu Jitsu uh, Brazilian guys who mess up Magny. Everybody else seems to have a tough fight. Um, guys like Max Griffin, and even through brief moments, Tony Rocco, less so, but also in brief moments, Michael Chiesa. Which was part of the reasoning for for picking him, and that that pick fell on its ass, right? That was that looked really awful. Um, speaking of trusting your balls, right? He wasn't even as big of an underdog. Uh, you know, we've seen those guys kind of give them tough fights, and Kiesa did have the size parity. But again, that was a you know, I, I picked Kiesa going into that fight. There were reasons to pick him, uh, and I know it's just hard to sell those reasons after him losing as bad as he did like a really bad loss right like one guy looks really good and the other guy just looks really awful like ah you just took my ass was in the air on that one right and then he loses by like the same three ways you know it's just like oh and then he's a he's on the desk so it's really you know easy to just shit on him in hindsight but hey i cashed a cashed some nice dog money on my kiesa uh against neil magny right um and uh there were you know uh, Ian Gary obviously works with good grapplers. He's a good grappler himself. He is a black belt in judo for what that's worth. Uh, I don't know if he made it to Brazil like he was talking about going to do George St. Pierre style to train his jiu-jitsu. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, obviously the guy can grapple. Uh, the guy can counter grapple, uh, even though it's not really his thing. He likes to get it done on the feet. I think that's his best pathway to victory here. Um, but, yeah, man... Um, Aside from the betting value angle, you know, you really don't even got to justify any analysis. This is uh, this is the hype. This is a hype from a market who, you know, will 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 just you know when I when I when I when I reference Ireland to England and everything in between, as far as betting their fighters at the betting window, it's true. It is true. Not even just betting, right? Even hype. Um, look at you know, and I'm not not coming at any media members, uh, <clears throat> but it's just it's a fact. I mean. Um, even the best media members that I respect, whether you respect them or not, um, even the best ones, if they, if, they, if they are being honest with themselves, they are the worst motherfuckers at being biased. I know everyone picks on Americans and there's people like me who also shit on my own, you know, or this or that, and we'll, which I don't consider a shit. I just call things for what they are. Um, but there is no doubting that, uh, you know, um, no one shows their bias more than, than, than those. Although... Canada does a unique thing that I'll call you Canadians out for because I love you Canadians, but you guys know you do this is like, and it just becomes really apparent when it's like some dude from Jamaica or some guy from Brazil migrating. All the Canadian people will be like, oh yeah, we got a Canadian fighter. Oh, good Canadian boy. Eh? Like, I know Canada. I know you guys have been like fucking hurting. Uh, your MMA scene's been hurting and it's coming back and I'm wishing you guys the best. You guys fucking deserve it. Love y'all, Canada. You guys also know you you guys are fucking terrible. You guys are like, you know, the very few people can beat uh, beat Britain 
UK and, and America when it comes to colonial like activities, but where Canada comes in first is just claiming anybody who even flirts with citizenship. Like, you could go on a vacation, but you know I'm thinking of moving you. Well, you're an honorary Canadian now. We're claiming you. Come here, Max Hollow. <laughs> am I right? I mean, are they? And I'm, I'm all love Canadians, but are they not the are they not the fucking worst of that? Wow, Dan, you're really making yourself popular. Continue to shit on more people instead of breaking down fights. Um, but it's true, and we saw that with George Hardwick, right? And George Hardwick wasn't even, you know, bringing the juju on himself. He wasn't out here going, I'm carrying the Contender Series card. You know, he is uh, just seems like a humble cat, which is why I, I, between that, working the body, you can see why Dan Tomlin is a guy like George Hardwick. Again, not shitting on these people. But I just, I'm like, man, you guys are just, I would argue you're making it worse. You were asking the MMA gods with the amount of ridiculous hype. And it's going on here with Ian Gary. And Ian Gary is playing into it. It's a guy who, I mean, not just is a spoiler in these spots. Not just has won last minute in five rounders at elevation against other hype guys in these spots, even though like Kelvin Gastelum especially gets at least a draw especially if it's under uh, the criteria interpretation of today nonetheless Neil Magny got those wins in fact he's got so many wins he is the wins fucking leader at welterweight and even though you can look at it and make the argument that goes well when it's not the Brazilian blowouts I'm not talking about you know a waxing job what is not the Brazilian blowouts of people taking Magni down? There you go, Dan. You're having to have a little more fun now. Taking Magni down and going for a submission. Uh, it's You could make an argument it's taller fighters. You know, taller fighters who can kind of counter, right? The Max Griffin, what he was kind of on to before he kind of just kind of lost himself in an ugly fight that kind of he tends to do, right? Um, overperforms but doesn't get the credit for it kind of a deal, which I can relate to. Not shitting on Max there. Just saying what it is, right? Uh, Tony Martin, who has an argument for winning that fight, if you go back and watch it, if you really want to lean into the, uh, especially if you want to lean back into the uh, immediate over accumulative argument, your interpretation of that, you could make a case for Tony Martin, right? Um, you know, Chiesa we mentioned, right? Uh, so that's there. And when I see Neil Magny kind of lunging, and looking ugly like some of those last fights, like the D-Rod fight or the uh, Phil Rowe fight, where he he won those fights even. You're like, oof, I could see that that that, that you know slip counter straight straight punches really just doing doing a thing, right? But you got to ask yourself that question is well, if size parity affects one tall person, well, it's still a two-way street. How much does it affect the other tall person? And we've seen Ian Gary against some taller fighters too, but. Obviously, he's going to lack in the experience and always for Magny. But, like, uh, yeah, like, we've seen him against a lot less tall guys, a lot less things. You know, we've seen him hurt guys before, like Gabe Green, who are going to still be there, like Magny will be. And he still was able to win those fights. But, yeah, that, that is that is something, you know. Both guys, you know, one takes the round off for reads. The other kind of just is a slow starter, which is Magny. So, does that help Magny here? The fact that... He hasn't had sparring, um, and uh, you know he's got a guy who doesn't have the highest output, doesn't really put combinations together, at least early, usually waits to get his reads, waits to get his opponent hurt, does Ian Gary does. Usually has kind of bad first rounds, or is at least subject, open to, at the very least, bad rounds early. Does that allow Neil Magny to get his sea legs under him 
because Neil Magny hasn't really had to spar to prepare, whereas Ian Gary has. That being said, Ian Gary's been sparring Chris Curtis, who is you know closer to my my height than uh, you know at five nine than uh, a six three Neil Magny. Complete opposite matchup. That being said, Ian Gary's been scoping him out for a while. That being said, Neil Magny, I feel like uh, the, the fucking little guy from. Uh, you know, Princess Bride doing a, a fucking shuffle shuffle game here. Um, but, like, you know, with that being said, Neil Magny, uh, you know, he's not one to talk like this. And I know it's just interviews, and you can take him with a grain of salt. But he's been waiting uh, to put a spanking on him like it was his own kid, apparently. Child child abusing Neil Magny. I wasn't expecting to see to say that. Just kidding. I'm not trying to play into that uh, to that angle and be salacious here. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, he, he he's had this guy on his radar, and Neil Magny is... Uh, one for short notice fights. He's proven that in the past. He says so himself. He's like, I love opportunities like this. And he said, in fact, he was already headed here. He was looking at the roster because whenever he goes to corner, he looks at what fights to jump in. Like, it was more than just like your typical bullshit. Like, it was it was too, you know, almost like, it's it too, whether you agree with it or not, it's like, this is too good, to, too well thought to be a lie. You know? Uh, kind of a deal. And, uh, you know, transit elevations, kind of guy that's always training. Again, he's 36, but he's only just entered his 13th year of fighting, you know? He's had a lot of fights in those 13 years. That's the argument there. I have been one myself to say he looks like he's kind of coming to his end. Like, we're really seeing Neil kind of fall apart here, which is what worries me. But he's also an ebb and flow guy where, like, he's not even at his best back in his prime during his winning streaks. If you really go through it with a fine-tooth comb, like, he looks better in some fights than he does others. Some fights he looks much more fluid on the feet really in tune, uh, sticking behind the jab. Other fights, like he forgets about the jab. He's just like kind of flailing around. And again, like I pointed to even recent fights where he still won and he was older doing that, you know? Uh, but like it, at the same time, it's like, man, I could see I could see Ian Gary, you know, maybe not Ponzinibbio him, but if Ian Gary can come out and put the gas on him early and really was preparing for Neil Magny and had some notes that, that were really good that he could dust off, uh, maybe he does get him out of there in that first round, but if he doesn't, if it's not an opportunistic finish, um, you're in there with a guy like with Neil Magny who's going to match the reach, match your leg kicks, and I think that uh, the harder kicker is Ian Gary. Surprise, surprise. I think that the harder puncher, not so much that he's a power puncher, but he's just so precise and he's the more impactful puncher, is, yes, it is Ian Gary. But something I noticed that whether Ian Gary rocks somebody whether he is rocked or just in general because just in general he puts himself where you don't want to put yourself in Neil Magny fights and that's between the inner black octagon lines and the fence now he didn't do it in the Song Kernan fight but Song Kernan you know had a bad start and still ended up rocking and dropping Gary in the first round Song Kernan has you want to talk about Magny has a lot of miles Song Kernan's got a lot of miles I mean kickboxing miles older dude um you know, uh, you know, the kind of guy they trot out for a reason in the first place, right? Uh, yeah, that fight, Ian Gary was pressuring more, but generally, he will either decide himself and or it is not hard to put him to the cage. It is also not hard to clinch him because I'm guessing because of his judo black belt, he is so comfortable in the clinches that he's just like, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's all good, you know? Um, and he'll do the thing that like... Uh, 
Frank Camacho and Benil Dariush, I'll use this example, because Frank Camacho, I believe, is a, is, is got some, uh, you know, he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, but I believe he's got uh, some judo to him as well, maybe a judo black belt, definitely judo chops. And a lot of those judo guys, they'll do the, um, they do the, uh, not just, not the turtle, where they're like on their hands and knees, but they'll do the standing kind of tripod, right? Where their feet is planted and they're they're just bent in half of the ground and their their hands are almost down on the mat, right? And they're they're maybe touching so they don't get kneed in the face, you know. Somebody like gets over and starts hit, hit, they, they they shuck them to the side and they get to that rear waist hinge, uh, waist uh, cinch. Which by the way, I believe everybody but two of Ian Gary's opponents have gotten to that. Maybe even you know all but two. Think about that for a second. Again, whether they like I was setting up just briefly, whether they were, and it was always whether they were rocked like Gabe Green gets he immediately gets to it right after he's rocked. You know, even ha gives him an opportunity to lock up some front chokes and a darse and this and that. Gary doesn't grab, not interested in it, lets Gabe Green up, and because of that, Gabe Green gets up. And in fact, one of them, I don't even know if it's Gabe Green or somebody else, they do the poor man's version of the get up, the exact get up that Neil Magny does. They use uh, the single leg getup, except they didn't even have the single leg in, the under the ass single leg. They didn't even have like three of the four parts needed for the getup, and they were still able to get up. Not just get up whilst hurt, but immediately get to the rear waist cinch where Neil Magny makes his money. Again, I believe all but two of Ian Gary's opponents in the UFC have gotten to that position. Now, Neil Magny is not Damian Maya. He is not game over there. But again, back to that Aljo thing where you, you can't just go look at stats. You can't just go look at takedowns completed, even if they are, air quotes, accurate stats that you, I, or the DCs of the world agree with, which they are not. But even if they are, back to that Aljo example, I went back to the, watch that Tony Martin fight. You're like, okay, well, how do you... And again, there's, there's an argument for Tony Martin winning that fight. It's maybe not the best example, but I think he goes 0 for 6. You're like, how do you, how do you beat Tony Martin? Because it didn't matter. He didn't need the takedowns. It, he is for whatever you want to criticize about Neil Magny or his lack of power, he is doing what everybody should be doing. And I, I, I scream from the corner for Oscar to do, which I would like to, you know, help contribute uh, to the optics for him, him winning the fight. You know, uh, he's in there doing it. I'm not taking any credit for that, obviously. I'm just, as far as what we're scoring on here, right? And what we're screaming at our TV screens when you or I are betting or whatever the case is. Um, strike because we know we know how much that scores under the criteria. It's easy to score this. It's hard to score this. What is this? What do you really have there? You probably get taken down from there if you get too cute with it, right? If you don't really have it, um, you need to strike. And what Neil Magny does do is, yeah, he'll fail on a single leg, but he he's getting in three to four strikes there. He's wearing you down. And Gary is not a guy who's going to wear down like a Martin or others. Because uh, Gary, I mean, who knows? I mean, he has won five rounds before. Uh, he doesn't look like a guy that gasses. But, you know, he it's a self-proclaimed cardio thing, right? I'm going to go ahead and believe him because it looks like he's got good cardio. I don't think Neil Magny's going to gas him. But again, even when he's out in space, if he's not putting out the output to match Magny, how is he going to match the output in the clinch? And if he does go to match the output, will it only open him up for said takedowns? and make those optics where you get Magni just edging out two of the three rounds. You know, this is really greasy. Um, so it's like, do I trust my balls? You know, shout out to my guy Clint, which by the way, I think Clint's big on Ian Gary. So it's like, I, I don't want to fall in that trap where like the Kiesa one or many of the other ones, you name it, right? Where, oh, Dan's being contrarian. And it's not even like, and, and, and this could be one of those things where it's like, uh, you run the risk of, 
not that I like doing this, by the way, and and and, and y'all are annoyed of it. I don't blame you for being annoyed with it, by the way. Where I do the oh, the analysis was right, but the the, the, the play was wrong. Like, no, this is just one of those straight up where I just look like an idiot. Like, like I like I've I've owned up and pointed out just in this episode before, like with the Kiesa pick, right? And everybody's doing their victory lap, and I just gotta watch everybody doing their dance, and I'm looking like an idiot. Everybody's a genius. I'm a dumbass, and when I don't you know, sack up for these ones, that's when they hit, right? So, uh, we're gonna see where I end up, but, like, man, I don't know, I, I feel like taking a, a flyer on Neil Magny as a pick, I don't know if I'm gonna have the balls to end up on that quick picks and prognostications, do I, do I end up picking him? It's like, I, that's where I'm leaning to right now, folks. Uh, I guess more is the question, do I have the balls to play him, right? Who cares, it's just a fight pick. Uh, more than justified here, we, we, what we talked about, right? The rear waist cinch allowance, the output, the upset potential, the proven winner, the value side, the numbers, the trends on playing spoilers, the inconsistencies that were there. Maybe it's not age. Maybe this is an upswing, just like maybe I'm due for an upswing. God for fucking bit, right? Maybe that's it here. Maybe that's it here. And boy, would it be fucking hilarious, right? And I'm not rooting for any of my friends to lose their bets, especially if they're, like, they're really big on it. Like, if I end up betting Magni, I'm talking about, like, what? At most, what? Uh, like, a unit flyer, maybe a half unit by decision, right? Um, we'll see. Uh, if I don't have anything for the round robin, even if I were to pick Gary, I, I can't play him. And I'm not shooting at anybody who, who is playing him. In fact, you know, shouts to the guys that I, I shouted out earlier. They actually have angles that they're playing them if you're interested on how to play the Gary side. But personally, I want nothing to do with it, especially that that money line price, that chalk. Get me away. And I'm not even like a guy like, oh, fade the hype. Like, I was a guy like defending Gary, if you remember the last breakdown. I was saying, no, he's going to knock out. I didn't call that high kick, but I said he, he's, I picked him. I said he's going to knock out D-Rod. And I said, don't, you know, don't get confused. I know we want to hate on this guy because the Conor McGregor thing. I said don't fall into the trap. I know it sounds like I'm falling into that trap. No, I just think... It, I'm just calling out the signs that are in the air, and it's fucking hilarious when the Nate Diaz's of the world or whoever come and fuck up the plans. I'm sorry, but I love that shit. I'm not saying it's going to happen here. I can't hide my biases to root for these, but I don't think that I'm falling into that trapping regardless of what I pick or what I play. I think there's good reasons for it. Regardless of what you what, what you uh, pick here, I just I warn you about the chalk with Ian Gary. And... Again, even if I pick Gary, nobody should be giving me shit if they see a play and or round robin leg play on Magni by decision just because of the freaking odds, right? Just because of the odds. Um, if anything, and if you're somebody who is on Gary, don't like what I'm saying, heavily exposed on Gary, well, instead of getting mad, why don't you look at that Magni by decision line and realize that you probably only need to bring a little bit of your bankroll to hedge yourself out there, especially if you've got them in a bunch of parlays and stuff, right? So that's food for thought there. Leaning Magni. Uh, next fight, Marlon Chito Vera, minus 198. Pedro Munoz. Uh, I just listened to Michael Bisping calling a Pedro Munoz fight. He does not say it like that. I just, this is in my head. It's just Pedro Munoz. Uh, I just picture him saying it that way. Um, rewatching Warrior, by the way. Coming up to the Michael Bisping scene soon. Coming up. Because I, I, I want to rewatch before I watch season three. Love that show, by the way. It's fucking awesome. Chinese, baby. Chinese history. Uh, all right, but uh, yeah, there's no Chinese history here. This is a fight between a Brazilian guy versus an Ecuadorian guy. Um, so this is dangerous. Like, part of me wanted to put Marlon Vera in the parlay that I was speaking of earlier, but because it's like, I'm, I don't want to get cheeky picking Vera here, but it's like, 
you know, oh, what? The under's priced that high? Oh, it feels like Vera, you know, the way they're trending, Vera could get the finish here. But then you remember Vera's kind of not just bad performance, but it's just stuff that he's always been prone to. Um, I had to remember at least that as I forgot that Munoz had that performance with Chris Gutierrez, which say what you will, you still have that suspect where Munoz at best has a good round one and let's go with the fight almost, you know, we'll kind of let people back into the fight. Um, it feels like it's, you know, it feels like it's good movers that have always kind of troubled Pedro Munoz. Uh, otherwise, it's guys who can, you know, that are really technical, well-rounded, but even they, they have to get into the technical, you know, dogged affairs, whether it's like Jimmy Rivera with the split decision or Jose Aldo with the master class, but still kind of a dogfight, right? I mean, he was you really have to keep his output up. And, it, you know, like Aldo was glad it was a it was a clear is, is shit victory, but he was taking breaths like, thank God that one's over because uh, he knew he had to max out his energy in a three-rounder. If it was five rounds, it would have been a much more trickier management. Especially if Pedro Munoz decided to actually turn it up. Um, and part of me wonders, you went back to watch the O'Malley fight, Munoz's last fight. And I'm like, well, he's not going to have to worry about Vera doing fancy footwork because Vera's gotten better, but he's not a fancy mover. He's still a guy who kind of will plod and prod and wait for the heavy counters and moments, right? Even at his best. Um, and now he's only got three rounds to work. It's not a five-round fight. That's a little more trickier, right? Like, ooh, now he's back down. To, like, Marlon Vera was kind of hitting his uh, his hot girl summer with the, with those five-round affairs. He was able to shine, right? Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, he got, he got shut down uh, by Sanhagen. Like, okay, well, Sanhagen, that's not so much of a fluke. We've seen he's actually made legitimate improvements in his wrestling. Um, I'm glad I stayed away from that fight. Uh, hey, maybe Vera's some good luck for me because that was my last good card this year was uh, San Antonio. My best card last year was San Diego where he be, where Vera was on the winning side of that when he headlined that card. He's not headlining this card, so maybe that's the trick. It's got to be Vera headline cards where I hit my biggest cards, but maybe that's still good juju either way. But either way, maybe I do a over-the-counter if I'm looking for a parlay you know, uh, at the book that I go to. So I'll probably go this weekend. I'm glad I didn't go last weekend, by the way, reverse sweep. <laughs> I've seemed to have known when to stay away from the book on those weekends at least uh, so it's just my online ducats that I'm giving away and I haven't had to do any kind of uh, what do you call it deposits or anything so we're, we're still uh, we're still on the same poi plant here a little Hawaii reference but um, but yeah um, yeah man this one I don't know man I'm getting weird vibes from this one so maybe Pedro Munoz is finally Maybe he has a late resurgence, but then again, he's 36. And again, I know we're shitting. I'm defending 36-year-olds so far this card. Uh, but I will say the statistics for the Bantamweights at 36 a little bit different, right? Just like uh, I was being a little more negative on the 36 prospects of Amanda Lemos. Um, maybe Lemos is 35. I have it right in front of me. Well, why, why, why bother looking, Dan? Because uh, you're about to move on. You don't want to ruin your momentum, Dan. So I'm going to go and pick Marlon Vera still. By decision, but this is this is not one where I'd feel comfortable with the chalk on. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad for their plays here, uh, or make you feel nervous. I might end up on the same boat with you. In fact, right? I'm just saying I don't feel great about it. Don't feel great about it. Um, I'm trying to keep this in somewhat order, which means I have to scroll. Uh, Mario Bautista minus two eighteen facing Demon Blackshear plus one eighty. You know. Um, Pretty close lines, considering. Makes me tempted to actually play Black uh, Bautista in the spot, even though some people I respect are taking some flyers on the Blackshear by sub, which I don't hate. You know, it's like can he, 
you know, can he channel his inner Chas Kelly or Chris Levin, right? I don't know if they did seven-day turnarounds, but I believe both those gentlemen did two-week turnarounds, and I believe at least the second fight, uh, they won by submission, right? Uh, Levin triangle to Akiyama, is that right? And then, uh, was that it? Uh, and then, uh, or does he turn around after that and fight Aaron Simpson and win by TKO? Who knows? But maybe that's out. But yeah, maybe he can still channel it and still get the win there. But uh, I got to pick Bautista. I'm going to go look, uh, you know, maybe wait for quick picks in case I see something that, that, that you know, I have that Leo Leonardo DiCaprio once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, moment where I see something on tape. Well, I, I can't not pick that. But like, yeah, I just, uh, I just, uh, yeah, it's tough. That's tough. I, I feel like Bautista with his wrestling. Um, being Aljamain Sterling for Sean O'Malley, he's going to be sharp, uh, and uh, we'll be able to dictate. But we'll see. Um, bouncing around here, it's a fucking stupid site. Uh, Brad Tavares minus two sixty-five. Chris Weidman plus two fifteen. It's hard to even analyze this one, right? Because a there's the obvious elephant of the room: Weidman, the shin snap. He was already on some crazy kind of degrading streak. Although I still failed to fade him when I. Picked Mariak Madoff. I was brutally reminded of that. Um, and then on the other side, as much as I love Tavares, I'm speaking objectively. You know, the guy's been fighting for a while, and even though he's never gotten the flowers he deserved, pissed me off. The, the man's been, you know, making a whole damn career at middleweight. Uh, just making a whole career. Like, he had, what, four fights, and then was set to, like, get fed to the wolves and just go straight into the UFC. Fighting the UL Romero's, Israel Asanya's, Robert Whitaker's. Like, he's just fought literally fucking everybody. Never had a stint where he was cut, uh, close to getting cut. Like, I mean, say what you will. Uh, what he has done, it's incredibly hard, and it deserves the utmost respect. Respect that he does not get. Those are all facts, regardless of how you feel on him. Put some fucking respect on his name, please. Uh, which I'm sure he's probably not getting that much respect. Uh, but the betting lines would tell you different, Dan Tom, because he is a big favorite here. Minus 265. What did he open as? Did he open this big? Open to 270. So, yeah, everyone's just afraid to touch this one. So maybe he's not getting a lot of respect because uh, everyone's like, yeah, I don't know about Brad Tavares. Well, I parlayed Brad Tavares because it's going to be biased and I needed a leg. Um, yeah. Wow. Not going to make any massive jokes here. I needed a leg, and this fight looked right for the taking. God damn it! <laughs> so, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Hopefully not at the expense of a leg. But, yeah, I'm <laughs> going to take Brad Tavares. I parlayed it. I parlayed him. Parlayed it to him, to my great English here. Um, Oi, unexpected error have occurred. Fuck you guys. Um, Sorry, I... Just hate everything. Waiting for Schmidt Online to fucking do its thing. Come on, you fuckos. This window. Yeah, you're gibberish. Fucking worst text formatting ever. Um, yeah, under 3.5, minus 155. I think that's a good deal. Again, if it gets uh, past round two for uh, Sterling O'Malley, that something went wrong there. So, like, uh, you could actually play that straight up if you want to, but I am already have 1.5 unit exposure to Sterling. Do I really want to put the 1.5 slash 1.55 to just make, <clears throat> potentially make back a unit? 
And then what if Sterling grapples him long and then I'm out that 1.55 and then I'm really needing him to sub because I missed round two at that point. Now I'm just needing the, what, 1.75 to... And I, then I'm, st I'm still under, right? It's, it doesn't make sense at that point. I, I'd, still come out, I'd still come up in the negative. So not for me, but if I could justify it with some shared exposure for some plus money coming back uh, that still fits into the winning conditions of the opponent... For potential hedge factor, well, I will parlay that with the under 3.5 minus 205. A little more dangerous, but again, uh, I believe if it gets in a round 3, it's it's something's going wrong for Aljo. Uh, if it gets in a round 4, it's, it's just getting a, we're into a weird fight territory for Zhang Wei Li and Amanda Lemos, right? So uh, I felt that 3.5 is uh, as safe as it's going to get, you know, and again, it's just more for a hedge. In case uh, Lemos does take out Zhang, Zhang, it's going to be in the first three rounds, right? I think we can agree on that. Um, so I parlayed those. Those two are not enough, though. So uh, I wanted to add in a third with um, Tavares because I wanted to play Tavares, but I don't know how to play Tavares, and I don't want to lay, obviously, that amount of chalk that's asking for parlay material. So I parlayed all three of those, and I did 150 to get 3.54 backs over 3.5 units. So if... You know, O'Malley knocks out Aljo uh, and or Lemos knocks out uh, Zhang. So long as it happens under three and a half rounds and Tavares wins, um, we make all that back and still profit a small amount uh, is how I looked at it. That's why I went with 1.5 units instead of one unit. Um I'll get that minus 105, minus 155, minus 265. Let me put that in. Minus 155. Minus 155. Minus 205. Minus 265. Damn. That's yeah, plus 237. Is that a number? So, yeah, that's a plus 237 parlay there. I know. I know. I'm parlaying. I don't haven't had good luck at parlays. But, you know, I haven't had good luck at anything. So... Why? Why let that stop me? We, we, yeah, we got 1.5 units plus 237. Uh, the unders, co-main main, and uh, uh, Tavares. Um, I don't know what the fuck order we're gonna go in next, so I'm just gonna go with uh, Hobo Cop, baby. Hobo Cop. That's right. He is packing, uh, and you don't know what. Minus 355. Rosdenis to Lulin plus 280. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tululin still trains out of uh, my gym there, Extreme Couture. Um, and uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I, I'll still pick against a fighter. I uh, try to do my job. Although I will admit I haven't looked into this one. I'm obviously going to be leaning and probably picking Hobo Cop. Shout out to Shane Kylie on Twitter. He's said Hobo Cop. He goes town to town uh, racially profiling people in trouble. Or, or uh, you know, uh, sounds like a Bolsonaro... Uh, <laughs> favela initiative uh, he looks like a uh, he's a part of some bolsonaro uh, favela initiative he's hobo cop baby um dead or alive you're coming on me isn't that what he said didn't he mess it up or something and he said dead or alive you're coming on me or something i don't know but it'd be funny if he did uh that's how i'm gonna remember it um jesus damn what the hell's wrong with you but the fact is i have not as much as i have so much glee clearly Dang, I want to look into that. Uh, talking about Hobo Cop here, um, he has been terrible for me for betting, right? Because um, you get that, you get that fight where uh, he uh, 
you know, again, it's a close decision. It can go either way, but of course we know what that means, especially if I had money on it. Uh, I lose that decision to Armin Petrosian. And it takes a guy like Petrosian, who was already getting overhyped, and half the people that bet on him thought he was like uh, uh, the kickboxing Petrosian, which he, he wasn't the same guy. Um, then he gets pushed into a bunch of like just middling fights that almost kind of get him, you know, get him nowhere and or whatever, and is kind of just like, you know, didn't he just lose his last fight or whatever? And like, oh, in other words, I got proven right on him, but of course I have to pay money to be proven right on him because I lose these crucial fucking ones. Uh, just like he fights, uh, what is that last guy, the Bruno Fajeda guy, where I'm like, this guy's an unproven guy. Like, round two, it's easy. Like, Hobocop beats this anywhere he wants. Like, you know, uh, granted, you know, I may have cashed with Hobocop against uh, Jong Young Park, Iron Turtle, but I love Iron Turtle. I had to pick against my boy there. And even that one, I had to sweat that out. That was not easy money by any means. That was the one time I cashed by him. You know, it's like when he's supposed to win, he wins. We're supposed to lose, he, or we're supposed to lose, he wins. When he's supposed to win, he loses. You know, pick Cheating Ninja Kiwani, round one knockout. He arguably almost got it. Maybe he should have got it, right, with that crazy fold flap. But somehow that doesn't put Hobocop out. He comes back to, to ruin my night there, right? Uh, and then, um, you know, again, back to the Bruno Fajeda. Oh, unproven guy against a proven guy. Easy money. Let's go. He burned me once against the unproven guy uh, uh, contender series style. Uh, you're not going to get get. Get me again on uh, at least on especially with with the same guy here, Hobocop. Nope, nope. It's I'm I'm looking right. The analysis is looking good, and then boom! All of a sudden, right before we get to that that mark where his percentages jump exponentially, mathematically up from the sample size and the numbers, the information. No, no, no. Gets knocked out, and then what happens to Bruno Fajeda's next fight? Oh, I get proven right. No, he was what we thought. He was what we thought. But of course, I had to pay money to figure that out something and to be proven that I was right and then not cash one was actually proven I was right oh dude just complete it's like yeah am I am I or is it I'm just pointing out the fucking uh, irony's probably the wrong word I don't want to be like fucking what's her name from the 90s and misusing that but you know what I mean it's just mm, it's twisting it just give me the red light don't let me stop stop letting me pull up to these fucking yellow lights and having the light skip me just just give me the red light I'm not even asking for a fucking green light anyways so yeah, I clearly have PTSD when it comes to betting Hobocop. Uh, Austin Hubbard minus 180, Kurt Holaba plus 150. Um, guys, by the way, hit the like button, share, appreciate you guys, uh, all that stuff. Um, probably uh, should share this myself on the old Twitch feed. Uh, and now let's go in there. Da -da -da -da. All right, we'll share that. Um, yeah, I did. I did as you guys know, I mean, I actually, like, get the early uh, tapes to watch Tough before you guys can. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying that the setup that, like, I still don't watch Tough. Um, and, again, I don't care to be Mr. Access, cool kid, no before you, uh, or any of these things. Um, although, as I'm, I may or may not be thinking as out loud right now, when did the betting lines get released? Maybe I was missing something. Anyway, no, I just don't want to throw that out there. Don't want to throw that out there. I'm... I don't bet on things I cover uh, that way. Anyways, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm James, fucking James, cross myself here, Jesus. No, I. But it's funny because I, I actually legitimately don't. I don't even like bet contender series. People ask me about bet contender series. Like, I, I probably could, but I, I keep my. I want to keep my grading biases biases clean, and I don't even watch this shit uh, tough. Um, that being said, uh, of course, it was the veterans who made it through. Um, Kurt Holabaugh's a guy who I root for, but I feel like Austin Hubbard by decision is probably what's going to happen. 
I didn't look into this fight. I probably won't look into this fight. And regardless if I look into it or not, regardless if I play it or not, you guys know my luck with prelims. So take that for what it's at. It is. Dan, isn't Tavares in the prelims? Shut up! Shut up! Maybe I should make a play before that so that my hedge parlay doesn't get fucked with. Because, we, again, whether it's prelims or just my first play of the night, like I'll wait till the main card and then that first play will still fucking go down. And I'll just be like, ah, fantastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. Um, all right. Uh, next. We got a... Uh, where the fuck is that line still up? Uh, Shouts to you guys in the chat, by the way. I'm going to be getting to you guys shortly. Andrew Petrowski, minus 238. GM3, plus 195. Oh, my God. It's taking me like... I. It's like, must not fap gif. Like, it's me, must not bet GM3. Uh, Koopa Troop, my guy. Love me some GM3, so I'm going to be biased. And Petrowski... You know, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but appears to be sharpening his tools. <coughs> um, it's proved that he can recover despite looking like he's always on the verge of gassing. So it's like, it's not even like, oh, well, whether I pick Mearshart or not, you play Mearshart round three. No, you just kick for coverage and you play his money line. Because honestly, it's not even sub or round three, which is the usual angles if you were to like GM3. Like, I think his best angle is maybe like the Bruno Silva fight without the finish. Like, he just outboxes... And edges out Petrovsky, even like he did Anders, even though he technically lost that fight. He won that fight. Um, it's like that. It's like, uh, I think it's like Eric Anders um, GM3. That's what this fight looks like. So, we'll see. Part of me, again, if that's my my analysis, and I'm going to go revisit some, uh, just to see just how, how bad my guy GM3 looked. No offense to GM3. Just got to be honest, right? How, how bad it looked. But maybe that was just those fights, right? Maybe it's like a Neil Magny thing. You don't know what these guys are going through. Neil Magny said he was going through some shit, right? Um, and he fights kind of inconsistently anyway. So whether he was or wasn't, there are reasons why maybe he didn't look good, win or lose, um, that I want to be respectful to. Like, I'm doing fucking terrible. I'm going through a lot of shit from all angles. Like, yeah, I can obviously relate to that angle. But I'm obviously not fighting in a fucking cage, so there is that, right? Um, that being said, so I don't want to condemn anybody, but uh, maybe it's the sadness hedge. Shout out to Phil McKenzie from Heavenly Hands for that term. Maybe it's the sadness hedge that has me leaning toward Petrovsky, but even if you see me at Dan Tom MMA on fight day with a GM3 as my pick, I may be uh, reserved to pick him, especially because... Especially if I end up like taking a shot on Magni or another dog who we will talk about here shortly. Uh, Brad Katona minus one seventy five. Cody Gibson plus one forty five. Cody Gibson is not the dog I'm not I'm talking about, but I will be rooting for Cody Gibson solely because I cannot stand listening to Brad Katona. I'm sorry, I am a nerd. I suck. You cannot stand listening to me, and I don't blame you. But holy shit, are there just some things where you're just like, what the fuck, like? I just want to start punching babies when I hear him talk. It just—I don't know what it is. It drives me nuts. Like, uh, like, <laughs> like it's like the scene where it's like uh, the, st the stock market. You know, everybody's quiet, and I don't know if it's like a Simpsons scene, but somebody comes in. I, I want to do this one day myself, and just start going, right, sell, 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 sell. And everybody—they just drop their papers and throw the coffee. Down. Ah, they start reaching and start bringing up their slips and like crowding somebody. Right? Like, I—that I, that is like a—that's like a, a bucket list of mine. Like one of the, you know, like like. Like, uh, jump off a pirate ship and dive into a body of water with a knife in your mouth, right? You know, like, there are certain things that you have to, like, scratch off your bucket list in life. Like, that is one, like, going to the New York Stock Exchange and cause fucking chaos. Like, cause one of the... You know, and just get everybody... 
Uh, which is, by the way, you don't really have to do that because you just got to be like the first person to to post a play to beat the line on MMA Twitter, and that's everybody's like, oh my god, I'm losing value, I didn't beat the line, CLE bond. Sorry, that's all I see when I see you guys, by the way. I love you, I know I look crazy and stupid doing that, I look stupid in general, I'm not denying these things, but again, like with the, talking about the Canadians or talking talking about the Canadians uh, adopting everybody and their mothers, uh, talking about uh, UK to Ireland backing their people and over-hyping the fuck out of their people. Um, MMA Gambling Twitter, you guys know you're a bunch of fucking animals. You guys know that. And I am right there with you. I'm right there with you. All right. Uh, I guess I'm going to sadness hedge there and pick Katona because I can't hear him. I can't stand hearing him fucking talk. And, like, everybody, like, got on Mackenzie Dern unfairly with that weird thing. And, like, um, I will say this. Like, as somebody who is just weird and loves accents and to do to, uh, does them and... I wouldn't even say it's just weird. I found out this actually thing with Tourette's too. A lot of people with Tourette's do this. Well, they will kind of imitate the person in some way or shape or form when they're talking to them. They don't mean it as an insult. And it's like a real worry of ours because we can't fucking help it. So like, you know, if I'm around a bunch of fucking Boston guys or whatever or, you know, New York or like, you know, when I, you know, I find myself when I was, you know, work, when I was living in New York and working a jock in a register, you know, you're like a small bag with a small. I remember like, why, why am I saying small? a small bag it's like a small bag small it's like a small bag it just it, it bleeds into you you know where you are I, I, I'm absolutely aware of that phenomena in all its weird ways because I possess those weird things as well there is also such thing as code switching where you can legitimately be brought up with something which is another reason why I went easy with the Dern thing you know but I'm not going easy on the Gatona thing here. Um, because someone from Hawaii, like we have a certain slang of English called pigeon. We'll actually use words similar, maybe because of the slave trades that uh, my genetics are linked to. I think that's probably, how I, that's probably why I have the 1% African blood that I do have is because of the slave trades right there in Hawaii. Old Captain Cook there! Uh, and the English. Um, and, and, and not so surprisingly, our, our Hawaiian pigeon English that is often made fun of here in America... We, we use some of the same words that, like, um, the English use, not so surprisingly. Again, like, rubbish, right? Rubbish. And then, with our weird accents, we pronounce three the same way the Irish do. Oh, three, three times, brother. Fucking three titles. Three fucking titles. You know, oh, three, three times the wave here, brah. Right? It's, it's like little, weird little things, like rubbish, right? You know, oh, oh, where's your rubbish can? You're like, what? Rubbish? What? Um just like certain things and when you're back there when my mom is back there I notice she'll like now that I'm talking to her on the phone and stuff it's coming back to her which is cool to hear especially like with all the brain stuff she went through like oh that's that it's still back there it fires back in so again all for that stuff I know he doesn't maybe need all that but uh Brad Katona no man no like what the fuck are you speaking like not only that like it's some weird fucking Irish and Canadian. Oh, well, he spends time in Ireland. He's Canadian. I'm Brad Katona. Oh, like, no. He fucking, like... I've been around actors. And then there was this one dude who just went nuts one day. Like, I think his name was, like, Robert Thompson or something. Shout out to Danny Mahoney if you remember this guy. What was his name, Danny? What was his name? But he spoke English to the point, like, we all thought he was English. And someone was like, no, nah, dude's from Arkansas. Like, he's never been to England once. And someone actually confronted him about that. And he's like, and he didn't even deny it. He's like, yeah, it's just the way I talk. I don't uh, really know. I don't, I, I don't know why. I just sort of talking like this. And uh, it's what it is. And it was just a weird fucking theater kid, right? And he ended up snapping one day and painting 
the men's bathroom orange and writing swastikas at it. It was a really dark thing. Anyways, another story for another time, folks. Um, but I, you know, I've been around fucking phonies before, in other words, and uh, I'm not saying Bragatona is. But the unfortunate part is, is that because he seems like a nice guy, and he probably isn't, by the way. It's just the way he speaks. But my God, does he come off like a fucking phony? Where he's like doing the, th- where like he's almost like somebody's like, uh, uh, let me try to remember to stay in accent here. Uh, like he'll do those pauses, and then even worse, which I shit on my own, you know, Asian American for Michelle Watterson for. She does a thing where, I don't know if, it, and again. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but you usually only do this when you were so worried and you were specifically trying to come off a disingenuous way than what you actually are. And Watterson does a lot of that. Needless to say, when she was on the desk, did terrible, wasn't invited back, doesn't seem like, needless to say, because she, when she tried to be disingenuously who she wasn't, she started speaking like a fucking four-year-old. Like, uh, I think, for, for, and like, if you, li- if you listen, like, Brad Katona, and not only has he always kind of spoken no- annoying, he's actually started speaking fucking worse. Like, either the guy has had a Mitch McConnell moment that none of us know about, and he hasn't fully recovered, and I'm not trying to joke about that. Again, I just mentioned my mother about that shit, and, like, it's just, that shit's real. But, like, yeah, like, the, the, the... Fuck the way he speaks. That's my breakdown of this fight. All right. Uh, wow, Dan. Jesus Christ, you... Tell us how you really feel, Dan. Natalia Silva minus 355, Andrea Lee plus 280. Um, I haven't looked into this fight. I will pick Natalia Silva, but at those odds, does it not make you want to take a shot on Andrea Lee? Maybe pick her in the old talent master? I won't do that because, again, even though that is a tactic, I literally cannot count one. A big fat zero here. Every time I've done the old, oh, I'm going to pick this person in talent master and this and that. Nope. Nope. Every time. Every time, uh, it's 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 been wrong. So I'm definitely not gonna do that. But I don't blame you uh, for playing um, for just playing dogs. You know, uh, this is a dog I might play uh, because I, I'm liking the dog side on this. Marina Moros plus 130, Kareem Silva minus 155. I know they have a history. I know rematches don't go the same. I wouldn't expect that. Marina Moros isn't as dependent, thankfully, in the opportunistic armbar. She's got a steadily yet still somewhat inconsistent boxing game, but um, the fact that she's working at American Top Team coupled with the fact that she's coupling her game with off- offensive, more process-based grappling, offensive wrestling and shots along the fence and otherwise has really helped her. And uh, this could be like a vet lesson fight. I feel like it's going to be a close fight either way. I'm going to look a little more into it because I may want to throw Morose. Uh, a unit on her, um, and her, and or in her in a round robin, maybe not because um, she's been good to me in the past. But again, this would definitely be the first play of the night, which means uh, I know I'm just donating money at that point. But God forbid, I'm actually going to be optimistic. I know it doesn't seem like it, but I'm actually more optimistic than you guys realize. There was like a couple cards. I think even USC 191, 291. I was really optimistic on. Fucking ate shit on him, of course. Probably some heartbreaking shit. We'll see if we even get to those recaps with time. But uh, but that's what I'm leaning toward. All right, how do we do on time? One twenty-one. Still long. Jesus Christ. Um, I won't. I don't know how much time I'll have to recap stuff, so I will just go through uh, the chat. Thank you guys. Give it a like and whatnot. Uh, Last stand. Uh, how did a fight between Ian and Magni go from just a welterweight fight? 
to a stand against child abuse. Craziest beef in a while. Yeah, that was really just weird. I'm, I, I wanted to make a joke about that earlier, slash half-heartedly tried, but then I realized that everyone's going to be making really cringy, stupid jokes, and um, it's just going to probably end up in a dark way, and it's just like... Ugh. I know I get accused of being, you know, you know, Mr. Lefty or whatever, but at the same time, uh, I'm also Mr. Mr. I, I like to make jokes. I'm all about jokes, and uh, that just seems to be what get that pisses people on both sides off, which is the ironic part and why I, I hate air quotes both sides of everything, not just politically. Um, sent your wrestling. I don't know what the fuck I am. I'm just trying to live my life, man. Rhea says in Truesdale. No, uh, you didn't say that. Uh, da, da, da. No, from the judging. Got that. Rain Lamina. No clever pun this week. Glad to see you again, Dan. Thank, good to see you, Rain Lamina. Good to see the regulars. I, I don't deserve you in general, especially after a layoff, so the fact that you guys are back here is pretty fucking cool. Um, Ghost Phantom. O'Malley had some pretty risky get-ups from the on fight. Yep. He put himself in a half butterfly, then turtle to slide out. Yep. Uh, the Grambies, Omoplata rolls, uh, and the leg, the switches, they all can lead to back exposures as well. He did all those. He parlayed some of those two things together, which was cool. Like, I, I appreciate the shit out of it. I use a lot of that same stuff. But, it's, uh, again, uh, not that I'm good, but surprise, surprise, the percentage-wise that I get hit the most with, yeah, submissions from the back. Because when you expose your back, you get choked from the back. How it goes, folks. James Kendrick, shelving kicks by Sterling. I know of a Chinese champion who does that. Uh, yes, yep, yep, that as well. That, that might force... Uh... Oh, that remains we forgot. I was actually going to give my guy Ghost Phantom a shout. I bookmarked one of his gifts on uh, grabbing the kicks uh, Sanchai style, um, which is uh, what Wei Li uh, showed to do, which was a great addition, you know. She kind of would dip and... Rosemary that Reed knocks her out right and then in her fights after that you see her catching kicks from that side and countering really well actually so she shows that she addressed that which we talked about O'Malley maybe having to shell some kicks um, a lot of people having to shell some kicks right um, but uh, yeah uh, Lamos may have to shell some kicks too so the potent striker um, has weapons taken away off the bat just from the stylistic matchup uh, James Kendrick, we mentioned Josh Hanger a lot. You are awesome for saying that. You guys deserve credit for it, man. That's why I'm trying to give you guys as much credit as I can on this crappy little platform. But you guys deserve that and much more. Thank you very much. Makato Kayagoku, do you think B Water Quote is being uh, misinterpreted by many media members? I've seen so many say it's a sign Whaley will brawl. Are they saying that? Wow, they really don't know their shit. That's like uh, easy layup. Um, but we know what it means. The path leads resistance. Yeah, I, 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 I spelt it out for the people in my breakdown and said it's it refers to uh either the little you know uh filling uh filling space or taking the path of least resistance uh, as far as uh, combat slash bruce lee citation goes um and uh if you translate that yeah that, that that's grappling and aside from the woo woo bruce lee and leaning into fighter media stuff which again i always say yes 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 take the interviews with the grain of salt we look at the evidence, and what does the evidence point to? Who is she recruiting? What is she doing? What skills are trending? Those are the grappling trends, the submission wrestling trends more specifically. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 there's something to it, and that's sad that people are misinterpreting it because that's a fucking layup. Jin Karasu, I am so humbled. Uh, we mention Josh almost every week. Yeah, no, I absolutely. that's why I absolutely credit you guys. Um, Super Mar Super Mateo, yo, finally caught you live. Love the content and the breakdowns. Thank you. Appreciate the first time person on there. It's nice to nice to hear that. I don't know why you like my whining ass, but I appreciate it. Um, Ghost Phantom, 
Uh, I know Whaley has a propensity to get hit with right hands. Big chance she went over that during film study. I hope so because, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Lamos likes to counter the jab, but uh, we'll see with Whaley. Shot selections, how she likes to set up her combinations. Uh, her natural propensity for hooking combinations may help her, arguably, and that's... In that situation, Rain Lamina, Dan diving the usual suspects, uh, giving the usual suspects a shout. I'm so excited. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Makato Kaigoku, by the way, Whaley's birthday is listed. It is not August 13th, 89. It is actually September 30th. Oh, so she's not a, she's not a Leo Lion like myself. Um, thank you all for the birthday wishes. 38 special. Gonna try to get in uh, yeah, maybe that Midlife crisis gonna try to get in the best shape. I got in good shape last year. I'm gonna try to get in better shape this year. Is what I'm trying to say. Whaley actually just 33, so lunar calendar complexity. Interesting. Jim Carrasso says, general question: Should we respect media members? I mean, you should try to respect everybody. You know, human beings, right? Uh, Jim Carrasso says, I really like uh, Drake Riggs, even though I know his biases thing, and though he admits it. I guess you're saying that he like him because he admits his biases. I like Drake Riggs because he's awesome. First of all. Um, I respect his opinions. I think Drake Rigg has great coverage. Uh, I respect whenever I see his scores. Um, but if you're talking about his ability to admit his biases, yeah, he definitely seems like a guy who's got uh, humbleness and humility, which is probably why I also like Drake Riggs as a dude. Seems like a real cool dude. So if that's why you like him, I don't blame you there, Jen Karasu. Hope I'm not misinterpreting that. Synchro Wing. Something that does kind of concern me is what John Wood from Syndicate is part of Whaley's Corner. I did see that. Is he going to be a part of the corner, though, or was that like? Cause she just will, she will recruit a lot of people to work with, and um, I feel like she used Vegas, which makes sense. It's a medium point between Bangtown and Boston, and um, you get the PI and all that stuff. So, you know, I just like someone training at Extreme Couture. Just just because they're training there doesn't mean they're a Extreme Couture fighter. Doesn't mean Eric Nixick is like going over strategy with them. You know what I'm saying? So I'll, I'll keep that same energy, but maybe you're right. Um, Synchroing ads, does that concern you since that gym is known for get bad game plans? Your words, not mine, and I mainly heard it from this chat. Though, again, you guys, chat's been more accurate than not. Just want to clarify that to, uh, not to cop out here, but like, uh, you know, I, I don't know their game plans. I don't know their strategy. Um, I wouldn't say they've necessarily made themselves known for it. I think that's fair to say, right? So, yeah, I will definitely be interested to see who is in her corner, but as long as Hickman Brothers... Hanger, uh, you know, I, I, I imagine her game plan. By the time she, she was, you know, working with Wood, uh, I imagine her game plan's already set. Wood's a great mitt man. The syndicate's right there next to the PI. I imagine that's a great resource, you know, he is. So, shouts to them. Uh, Jin Karasu, I don't know if you caught this in Whaley's interview. She said that she doesn't care about being seen as the best, but rather studying each individual matchup to learn from her opponents. Uh, that's cool. I didn't catch that. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, I know you keep repeating this. It's great to see you, Dan. There are only a few opinions I respect in this space. You're one of them. I appreciate that, Jimmy Kudo. Um, I'm glad you are not just relying on mine, thank God, but I appreciate being one of them. Rain Lamina, better betting question here. What does Moneyline mean? Moneyline is the price that you see. So when they list the betting price like minus 250 versus plus 175, those are the money lines. Uh, when we talk props, those are like by methods, rounds, uh, when I talk about over-unders, another word for those are totals. Uh, so totals, over-unders, props, things like rounds. Uh, methods of victory would be considered a prop. 
terminology, and money line is the price set just to back the fighter. Um, their prob it represents their probability of winning. It represents the price you have to pay for a return. So minus two fifty, they are the favorite because there's a minus, right? Plus means they're the underdog. Minus two fifty, the number two fifty. I'd have to put two hundred and fifty dollars to get a hundred dollar return. That's the easy way to look at it. Plus 175 going the other way. Well, plus means you put 100 and you get that number back. So you would get 175 back. It's a better exchange for your money because they're least likely to win. Um, and it doesn't matter the method if you are playing slash buying for that price, that money line. Because as long as that fighter wins, that's what that number represents. It doesn't matter what the total is, how many rounds it goes, their method. If you're on that money line, that representative number, you are kicking for that's why I say you're kicking for coverage because it doesn't matter rain you know rain sleet or sign whatever that post office thing robbery submission TKO doesn't matter as long as your fighter gets the hand raised that's what we want right uh, probably won't be doing much recap but I'll finish your questions because you guys deserve it uh, Ghost Phantom uh, need me in here but I don't watch tough love Austin Hubbard because he has some cool striking ideas against grapplers like the body jab. Yeah, he's got he's got a pretty decent uh, process. Um, Patrick Dana, how we doing, Dan? Good to see you, Patrick Dana. Thank you for dropping in, sir. James Kendrick uh, says, "I love Dan's Paul Craig impersonation. Paul Craig, nothing can outrun a great Scotsman." Sorry, don't get me started on that. I was doing some Stallone earlier, but I don't know why I was talking about him. Probably something, probably something dirty. Oh yeah, cause uh, I I was looking for Demolition Man gifts, cause cause Zane Simon got some of the seashells. That he was posting and it made me think of that demolition man. Yeah, I'm not using seashells. These come in clear, so I can you know put them on my coffee table. Sorry, you know I always got to go in a sly scat humor. Um, da -da -da. Uh, Jim Cross is saying why he mentions that matchup. I mentioned that quote from Wiley's interview about individual matchups because you mentioned sport is about individual matchups. Yep, yep. No, that's a great, great point. I'm glad she sees it that way too. So that would be cool. Yep, yep. I think it's cool too. All right, 131. Um, we'll go look back last week since that's kind of relevant, I guess. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Da -da -da -da. UFC wiki results. Let's do it this way. So we'll just go. Off the past events that already happened. Past events. Here we go. All right. Luque Dos Anjos. Um, let's see. And I'll recap my pixel place for this at the very end. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Yeah, I got reverse swept on this one. Uh, Luque defeated Dos Anjos. I, I barely watched this fight. Uh, I was just kind of just like in shock that I was just going to get reverse swept. And I was like, ah, fuck it. My light was already lost. And it was just kind of a grindy fight. It was like whatever, you know. Um, just a weird fight, you know. Uh, Luque was grappling. Dos Anjos was uh, striking, I think. Uh, and they just got caught up in grappling each other. I don't know, but Dos Anjos' money line misses. It was even money, you know, given the uh, stuff at play. Um, and I know I wasn't alone in that, but uh, you can't uh, talk about how good of a bet that doesn't cash is if it don't cash. Uh, Cub Swanson defeated Akeem Duwadu. 29-28. I disagreed with the decision, but I wasn't crying about it, um, even though people like treated me like it. Because again, all you got to do is like 
simply recap a result or simply weigh in on a result and you're crying about your bets even though my bets it was already a losing night and the decision literally bared no bearing on my bets um but yeah uh i'd have to go back with a fine-tooth comb um it's it's just more of the fact that yeah i think the better scorecard is for dewadu but because of uh him being rocked at the end and again what i said about immediate impactful over cumulative you know there's no denying that Hakeem was the cumulative striker and it's you know it's and it's arguably Hakeem's fault at the end of the day for not staying on that body work after after having cub hurt I mean he does stay on the body work as far as the knees and the body not all were quality knees but there's some really good ones in there that, that Hakeem throws and people don't like I always say regardless of the cage positioning they don't give those body knees and close uh, the credit they deserve but optically it's not great because you're not doing much it doesn't look like you're doing much, right? Even though you're already winning the round and you're only further submitting your lead in those clinch positions. And the dangerous part about having the, the word, you know, and the way people are interpreting it and trying to be reductive in their, even more reductive in their interpretations of immediate over cumulative by going damage, damage, damage is all that matters. Damage, damage. Um, or with other, you know, uh, when they're trying to make language for new rules about, like, the uh, positioning of fighters after fouls, you know, uh, 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 repositioning or um, stand-ups or this or that, like, you know, who is working toward a fight finishing, like, it's like, not, uh, passing half guard is not fight finishing, but it's definitely really fucking important, and it's advancing, it's fight advancing. How about we use those words, fight advancing, instead of saying close but clear, right? It's a... You know, it's it, it's 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 a close, so it could go either way. Competitive but clear is more the words we're looking for. Advancing, not close to fight finishing, because it gets us in this weird territory where we're being reductive, we're we're narrowing the hole, and we're whilst simultaneously upping the subjectivity on something that's already dangerously fucking subjective. And even though, yeah, Dewadu definitely appeared to be hurt, uh, hurt by that fight. And, you know, if the round keeps going, who knows how it go keeps going. But that's not how you judge fights on what could have happened. You judge on what happens in the round. And even judging that Dewadu was hurt, and again, I didn't go back and rewatch it. I'm not crucifying or crying about a score uh, like others on the timeline on a weekly basis, okay? Whether they bet or not, uh, go at it harder than me. I'm simply pointing out the fact that I still would give that round to Dewadu. And again, just body work not being like the, the examples that I just, this is not new. This is what happens. And what upsets me is not the decision. It's that everybody is getting upset about it. And, and instead of, and they're calling for judges jobs they're calling for names. And what I picked up again from the training is like, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, I didn't need the training to tell me that it's a hard job, but there are really good people that are really well-trained, that are really well-meaning. It's the tools that they're given. It's the systems that are in play. They are. St you'd be surprised that how many officials, refs, have a lot of the same opinions we do about changes, potential changes to complaints about the current system. They actually share some of that stuff, although they wouldn't say it publicly or say it quite in the same way. They actually share a lot of those thoughts. But they, too, are handcuffed, and that's why I sympathize, and that's why they get jaded by the Dominic Cruz's and the Joe Rogans of the world, because they just get fucking piled up on when they're there fighting the good fight, and they actually feel the same way, but they, too, are handcuffed by the bullshit rules and stuff that are passed down by commissions and so forth that are pushed downwards toward them. They're having to deal with it, too. 
they're a part of this uh, symbiotic cycle, you know, that are feeling the effects of it, and they're doing their damnedest. It's it's just it it comes down to tools a lot of the times, and um, I'm not defending the judges there. I don't agree with the scores. Uh, but what upsets me more than the judges or the scores is the fact that people are going to keep complaining. They're not going to read the take the, the couple minutes to read the criteria, uh, much less take the time to understand it, um, much less talk to the judges, much less go to the training courses, much less take the courses and pass the courses. Things your boy here has done, and they're going to complain about it. And then the other people that are defending about it, that are on their high horses about it, and they've taken the course. I don't even think I've gotten any mention or love from any of those. From any of those people. Not that I deserve it, I guess. But like, you know, like uh, that that part of the media sec, like, a give a shit that I do it. Hell, my own outlet didn't even have me on the judging thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, that's why I get frustrated because I'm sitting here doing the fucking work and giving the fucking answers. That, that that Google hunting thing where I'm just fucking lighting the fucking things on paper. I'm lighting this shit on fire. Cause I'm I'm tired of watching you guys fumble around and fuck it up. I'm sitting here giving you the fucking answers every time. Literally 90% of these fucking fights, it's body and leg work. Arguably not being properly adjudicated is why you guys are upset. I'm not saying I have a fix to the system. I'm not saying burn this judge to the ground. I'm not on either side. I'm talking about the main talking point. I know I'm not the f- first to say this. I know I'm not the only person to think this. But why am I the only fucking person week to week on the timeline saying it then? When it actually matters, when I'm actually putting it to paper, putting it to a situation to, God forbid, explain, increase understanding, find fucking middle ground. No, no. And when I do, I get shit for it. And, oh, you just you just mad because you're having the, the look at it like, oh, well, he's just having a bad betting night. And I'll just get limp, lumped in with that shit, you know? It is. It, it's just that, that, and that's and that's what's annoying, you know? And round two was the hot round, right? Like, we saw that if you would have kept it up. And, um, you know, there, there were just moments like, ah, uh, you know, it wasn't like the, uh, we'll get to, maybe if we recap that far, you know, the quarantine, uh, my, my man, Billy Q, uh, round three, like, how did I not cash that with Damon Jack? Like, there was just some of those like, oh my God. So that, that, that definitely hurt. Cause I had the under 2.5 for 1.5 units and I had to water round two, round three. Um, I had from round two from inside the distance. And then I had from sub in the, uh. I know I just ju- jumped down a bit, but that was like heartbreaking too because round two again was the hot round. He almost finished the fight multiple times and by submission multiple times. But again, I don't cash any tickets from that. That's like a, it's like one of those things where it's like it's almost like a thousand dollar swing when you add up everything, and it just it doesn't it that didn't matter because uh, yeah, we didn't hit it would have paid off the round robin too because we would have because uh, going back in the right order, Khalil Roundtree. I don't like putting chalky legs in. I only did it this week because I got limited. So, <laughs> which I guess was a good thing because, you know, well, granted, I, mean, I was going to put round one, which still would have cashed, and that would have been a plus number granted. But it wouldn't have mattered because it was only, surprise, surprise, one leg out of a four. Remember, just give me the red light. Just You're reverse sweeping me. Even on a night where I'm a reverse sweep, I still got to get the fucking tease of the round robin where they're, they're going to give me the fucking one for four. Just to, just to let you know, you, oh, all you needed was one more, motherfucker. And then to make that worse, if that's not fucking bad enough on top of a reverse sweep, it's always the one for four with at least one, at the very least one. I'm not talking about, oh, he put his hand around his neck. He almost had the sub. Oh, I almost cashed that trying to make me feel better. Like, no. Like, legitimate, the analysis, the round, the method, Everything was fucking there. How did that not fucking cash? There's always one of those in there too. 
I would just rather I would just rather look like a dummy and be reverse sweep. But even on nights where I look like the dummy that I am and am reverse sweep, nope, nope. Just gotta gotta string me the fuck along. Gotta string me the fuck along. I had my betting career in the last two years. Sorry. Clear Roundtree defeated Chris Dukakis around <laughs> KKO. Feel bad for Dukakis there. Uh, feel good for my guy Roundtree. Yasmin Lucindo defeated Paulio Viana via submission. Um, props to anybody who had Lucindo by sub. I had Lucindo by decision, not by play. That was my pick. Um, was tempted to play AJ Dobson. And I needed dogs, right? But it's just at the end of the day, it was just like, meh. You know, he didn't really have the finishing power. It probably was going to be by a closely contested decision if Dobson did it. But I'm like, but if that's the case, like, I don't know, man. Like, he just does not lights out takedowns, not lights out ground game, not lights out striking. Um, unless he catches Chukwe, which Chukwe could be caught. So I felt like it was playing, like, you know, Dobson catching him in round one. Otherwise, Chukwe cruises. And people that I respect scored the first two rounds for Chukwe for the late kicks. But again... Guy who headhunts uh, got the uh, <clears throat> got the decision right, so uh, there's that. Uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm glad I stayed away from Chukwe, but it didn't matter. I stayed. I still, you know, MMA gods got it laced, man. They got it covered just in case I changed my mind. They, they, they know they know me too well, so I I got to either just uh, change up my game, I guess, and just start picking fighters that I genuinely don't think should win, and uh, the evidence points against, because that's the smart thing to do, I guess. Josh Fram defeated Jamie Pickett by decision. Oh, that fucking hurt. Uh, Marcus McGee looking like a fucking DB extra from DB4 over there on the cover of DB4 or CB4, sorry. Uh, with fucking uh, mixed with Drexel from True Romance over there defeating JP. But poor JP buys, man. Oof. Oh, man. Terrence McKinney defeated Mike Breeden via TKO. Um, Vic McKinney didn't play him. Isaac Dolgarian defeated Francis Marshall. I missed this fight. Apparently, Dolgarian is someone to watch. Every time I see his name, I just think of like Mike Tyson going, Skullduggery, Skullbarian, Skullduggery. Yeah, Skullduggery, Skullduggery. Um, Martin Headbutter, Headbutter, uh, apparently made quick work of Josh uh, Parisian, Carbo Parisian. Um, Jacqueline Amarine defeated Monstrat Ruiz. Missed that. Damone Blackshear defeated. Jose Johnson, going to go back to rewatch that again and some other Blackshear fights again before I do my quick picks. And Luana Santos defeated Juliana Miller. Missed that. Um, still got 15 more minutes. Let me take some uh, Fezzo recap. Uh, see if I can just knock the recaps out. Um, if you guys have any ABC questions, you can ask, but no one really gives a shit about that. I don't blame you. Um, did have a lot of cool stats, and I still don't know what I'm going to write up because my guy Eric McGracken. Uh, Awesome, by the way. Shouts to him. Shouts to the Fighters Athletes Voice Committee. By far the best and most important part of this commission meeting and the rest of the conferences going forward. Uh, I've been putting excellent videos and digestible stuff together. It kind of makes it pointless for me to put out because it kind of like nailed, nailed it all, uh, to be honest, uh, as I'm a slow person uh, who is a slave to the schedule. And uh, just uh, despite having all the reasonings for it and excuses, they are excuses at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, I am uh, Mr. Late Procrastination. Uh, who gives a fuck guy? So, who cares? Um, follow the important people. Sanhagen Font. Um, yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, we stayed away from Sanhagen Font, thankfully. It was a really boring fight. You know, this was a fight. I'm not much for stand-ups, but this was a fight where, uh, again, Kevin McDonald was saying he wasn't refereeing this fight. I, I don't believe. Uh, I believe it was my guy Herzog, where I love Herzog. But this would be one of those examples where stand-ups, I would be okay with a stand-up. 
uh, Kevin McDonald saying, in the, uh, or, uh, or I should say Blake Rice actually for the ref training, saying, you know, when, when the fighters keep finding themselves to the same position and have shown they can't really advance from it, then that becomes time where you can start to kind of shorten your patience on stand-ups. And that was like a textbook example with that fucking half guard, quarter mount, weird butter, one butterfly setup that they just kept getting stuck in. Um, Tatiana Suarez defeated Jessica Andrade by guillotine choke. That felt good because, I, again, like I called everything, not just from the round, not just the method, but like uh, even the striking on the feet and the way the front headlock was going to shake out, that was always going to be a safety option. Like Even nailing little fucking details like that and it made me feel good because even though this night was a losing night, I'm sure. I'm guessing it was a losing night. I don't know. Um, oh, Lopez sub hit. Had they said no, did not hit. Fucking did not hit. Jesus Christ, had that not hit one for four. Um, oh no, it, I did win. I think it was like only it, the, the winning nights have only been like two unit nights, and then the losing nights are big fucking losses, of course. So, and I'm still losing a lot. So it's like. That's why I'm still down and, and, and down a decent amount right now. Again, not as much as other people, but I'm not that person, man. I'm not trying to... Uh, the other people that I'd be referencing are people that I like and are friends that I'm fucking rooting for. I'm not going to use other people to make me fucking feel better. Uh, but yeah, for what it's worth, I'm not down as others, but, you know, it's not what the space treats me like, man. They come after my ass, as you guys see this year. Um, but yeah, uh, this one felt good. Um... And, you know, it, the re it's also the reason why the last weekend's co-main event felt uh, bad with the Swanson and Dewada one as well. Uh, not the decision, because, again, the, by that point, I was already at a loss. But just, you know, uh, I had friends that bet Swanson, friends that bet the over, friends that bet start round three. And, again, I, I root for my friends. If anybody shouts out people slash roots for friends, it's fucking me, okay? So miss me with that shit. That being said, we all have a little bit of hater in us. And uh, I'll, I, I, like I like I do, I will fully admit it when I do. And uh, I know I'm on a bad streak and I'm not someone you, you should be telling because of the bad streak. And even if I wasn't a good streak, I am not the one who's wired. I'm, sell, I'm not selling picks out here. I'm not saying you should follow me. I'm not saying I'm the best, which makes this karmic run extra fucking comical because it's like, could you maybe like give the karmic run to the people that maybe could use that lesson? And maybe not, not, not me. It doesn't really need that fucking lesson again and again and again. Um... It, 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 was, it is annoying because the one thing i actually been quietly really good on is I've been really good since I've taken over the co-main event duties for Action Network. And to the point where I would want to really tally it, and I still probably can, and I feel like I would come out more than on top. And again, not just winning bets, winning picks, like literally calling things down to the rounded method. And uh, yet, you know, and again, I don't blame it. I don't blame anybody for not fading. But, it, you know, again, just, and you see like your circle and stuff, you see everybody, and it's how they feel. It's not that they're fading me or anything, but you're like, ah, fading me, huh? And uh, that's why I really wanted to hit the co-main, because I feel like I've been just on a fucking ridiculous run with these co-main events to where I'm not the type, and especially to my friends, but I was going to absolutely fucking rub it in everybody's face going, fuck y'all for fading me. Um, fuck that. Like, I'm, I've been on. And then, of course, when I feel that way, when I need the one, of course, it fucking doesn't happen. Um, but this one did, you know, it was a good call. It was a... If I dare say so, and actually pat myself on the back, it was a better call than, like, I see half the people getting fucking ridiculous amounts of flowers that I don't, never will, still haven't, won't get for my calls. Uh, but whatever. Uh, even in these losing weeks, as bad as it is, I hit fucking really good analysis each week. I got to remind myself that. 
even if I don't feel like I get the deserved due flowers for it, or even in some cases at all. But hey, Dustin Jacoby defeated Kennedy and Chuku TKL. This was one of those ones where I should have trusted my gut. I'm glad I at least bet. You know, you call myself being chicken shit for picking Kennedy, but the only play I had was Jacoby round one plus 1,000. And uh, that came home, so that was really nice. Um, again, you know, Kennedy just gets rocked, and, and it was just it was just one of those those options there. Diego Lopez, Gavin Tucker, I uh, defeated him by armbar, uh, which again hit the one for four of my um, round robin classic. Right, that one hits. Sad for Gavin Tucker. Tanner Bozer stayed away from Bozer, picked him, but stayed away from Bettingham. He comes through. Um, this is one that wasn't close. I'm definitely not going to be complaining about this part of the round. Uh, round Robin Bahamundes by sub had never had a shot in hell. That was more just I couldn't think of anything to add. It was a cheeky ad, um, and I did pick Bahamundes, but he I, he's not a guy that I'm I'm interested in laying the chalk on. Good thing I didn't. Ludovic Klein defeated him. Kyler defeated Jaime Barcelos. I missed that fight. Apparently, it was good. Carlston Harris defeated Jeremiah Wells. I picked Harris. I didn't miss this fight. Apparently, he was winning, and then uh, again, crazy comeback. Uh, I wasn't on it, so I'm definitely not complaining about it. But again, for what it's worth, uh, whether I was picking Harris or Wells, you know, uh, a fight that I wasn't on, and if anything, uh, it just hurts my pick percentage, if anything. So, uh, again, all the weird fights uh, don't seem to go my way. Quarantillo defeated David Jackson by unanimous decision. Oh, my God. We had everything we could want where, like, I didn't even think we were going to get to round three at a certain point. And then when you get to round three and you bet round three, like, you could not ask for anything more. And, you know, maybe I need to stop doing, like, uh, the good, good. I usually do that gif, you know, because, like, that's my middle ground where I, I'm excited. And I want to acknowledge that, like, hey, guys, remember me over here? Remember who was calling this shit? This shit's live. Who's in it? Let's go. Um, and, again, you know, for Mr. Negative over here, being accused of being Mr. Negative tenfold than I am, um, again, I actually get positive. But what happens when I get positive and start... Putting out that juju. Again, shout out to my guy, Clint. I love it. But he was like, I'm going to sweep this card. Like, I could never do And he had a fucking record card. I don't know if it was this card or, or, or another one. But I want to give that man his flowers. He deserves it. Um, he definitely deserves it for, uh, he, you know, he's been getting attacked by more people than I do. And uh, so I'm rooting for that guy to have a win. Because um, he got uh, attacked by the same uh, dickless motherfuckers uh, who came after me this year. So at least one of us are winning and gets to stick it to them even though I can't. Um, but yeah, when I try to, you know, channel that energy, of course, uh, fucking, it's a fucking insta jinx. I mean, how did that not fucking cash? I had Quarantillo inside the distance. I had Quarantillo round three plus 900, a half unit. Quarantillo round three plus 900, which plus, which with plus that plus 225, that would have been like four or five. That was literally over a thousand dollar swing right there, folks. That fucking hurt. Especially because just before that. Cody Durden defeated Jake Hatley, and it wasn't anything against Cody Durden, man. I, I don't, like, again, for Mr. Oh, Dan Tom, you can blame all you hold racist, he's going to be crying. Like, what are you talking, dude? Fucking, I gave nothing but Drakus Duplicy props for beating my favorite fighter, Robert Whitaker. I haven't mentioned Cody Durden's, you know, anti-Chinese post-fight thing for, like, his last three fights on the podcast, folks. Like, I don't even mention that shit. I, I pick him. I give him his due daps. Um, I give him more of his due daps for that dog in him. Shout out to my guy, Dan Levy, who, again, you know, uh, I know these guys, you know, may have big personalities and do their betting things, like my, the guys, Clint's and the Dan Levy's of the world. But for whatever is worth, folks, 
Um, I know, you know, I, I don't know these guys personally, personally, but I know these guys well enough to know that they're real motherfuckers. Uh, when I look at my DMs uh, and people like checking in, making sure I'm good um, and stuff like that, like those dudes are, are, are toward, right at the top of that list. Uh, so nothing, nothing, <clears throat> nothing but love there and props to uh, Dan and, and his guy Durden on that one. That's not what I mean at all. But just, again, more from the, you know, sorry, woe is me, the, 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 the ridiculous kind of luck. Again, just give me the fucking red light. Don't give me the yellow light and then let all the other lights go before me and then skip me and then let me go green. Just, just fucking, I accept that I'm not going to be the person that catches the green lights in life. But why do you got to fucking twist the knife? I accept that I'm going to be stabbed. Why the twisting? Over and over and over. Uh, and yeah, and just, just being that close. I lost fucking easily three months of my life just getting ready to celebrate these submissions. Because that would have been another plus 220, plus the plus 225, and plus that plus 900. Oh my god. I mean, that's almost two grand right there. From the round robin alone. I don't know what that would have put me on the night for just straight up plays. <laughs> I mean. I mean, again, uh, Sean Woodson defeats Dennis Bazookia, and Asu Alambayo defeats Ode Osborne. I missed those fights, 154. Um, let me just try to just recap the rest real quick, if I can. I think there's only, like, one. And, yeah, maybe only, like, one more card to recap, uh, and then we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be fucking done with it. I'll try to speed recap these, if I can. Uh, fuck it, you guys are getting a long episode. And I did the breakdown first so people can fucking suck a dick. Uh, nothing wrong with sucking dicks. I just, the people that will complain probably hate it, so they can do it. Uh, US 291 was Poirier gave you too. Yeah, that just that just hurt because uh, that was my night. I needed uh, needed Dustin Poirier and uh, got knocked out. And I said uh, round two is going to be the, the live round for Justin Gaethje. That's his particular hot round. I had, uh, I think I had Poirier round three, Poirier KO in a round robin. I had uh, Poirier round three, 0.33 units. And uh, that was it. Yeah, that was it. That was really all I had. I, I didn't have a ton of Poirier exposure, but I just needed it by the end of the night. And Because, uh, again, I had one for four. I had uh, Maverick by sub plus 200. We get another plus 200. Uh, we more than pay off the round robin and uh, probably would have put us to a winning night. And instead, that was a minus .277 unit, right? right? Poetan Pajeda gets the win. But again, uh, we had Poetan round two and round three, and he had it. Even people who don't bet, um, and are like nice to fighters, know what they're watching, all of that showed more frustration than me in defense on their recap for people going, oh, he's complaining about bets. Like, for in my defense, as I recap results here, uh, people, I, that's how you know it was bad, where pe people that have no stock in the game are usually really mild and good to these fighters. Uh, stream stop, fuck. All right, everyone, get off your couch. Run around your house like an idiot do the monster. All right, I think uh, we resume broadcast okay. If you guys want to comment real quick as I try to wrap this up, let me know if it's okay. I'm going to blow through the rest of this, and hopefully it's not too much editing post. Um, but, yeah, please comment if you guys are still there in the stream. Just even just type in the letter Y. I don't give a fuck. Let me know you're still there, and I will continue through the results and get out of here. Derek Lewis defeated uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Um, let's see here. We got you. You're good, Dan. Okay, cool. We're back up. Um, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I cashed Lewis KO half a unit plus two forty. I missed round two plus one thousand, which I felt really good about. 
uh, given the way Nalima fades. But of course, he goes out there and just does it like right away. And <laughs> it was great, but I was just like, I, I knew I was a, I knew I wasn't out of the woods yet. And B, it was just upsetting because like, and again, I'm I, I, I'm cashing. My friends are cashing. I should be happy. You can rightfully call me a hater here, but I'm also upset because everybody's acting like a genius for picking Derek Lewis by KO slash a heavyweight underdog slash Derek Lewis to win by KO. Again, that's his only winning conditions is, is, is he's a dog. Um, and it, it was like a genius pick and I was on it too, but I was just like, this wasn't a genius pick. This was, this was kind of obvious. Again, you got to understand too, I come from a bias where I'm very anti Rogerio DeLima, not a fan of him. Very terrible. Won a bunch of fights he shouldn't have. And just to see everybody like, you know, being on the wrong end and people treating Rogerio de Lima like he's good and having to sit there and watch everybody victory lap, you know, on the Andre Arlovskis and all the other times where I fucking ate shit after going on a crazy run by auto betting him by submission. The guy got smart. I didn't get smart because I didn't realize, oh yeah, he moved to the division of heavyweight where there's only like three submission artists. Oh, no shit. This guy doesn't lose as much anymore. Um, so, you know, poo-poo on me for that. But that being said, that just still doesn't mean I can't get annoyed for everybody acting like geniuses, like acting like Delima is like good, you know? So that's annoying enough as it is. And then to see everybody flip and turn and go, oh, you guys should have known Delima was bad. We're geniuses. We're picking Lewis. And, I, and I'm just like, I've kept that same energy for both guys the whole time. It's just, it's just, even in a win, I can't be happy. See, I'm such a miserable fucking cunt. All right, Kevin Holland defeated Michael Chiesa. We went, or no, Bobby Green defeated Tony Ferguson. Submission, uh, very sad um, for Tony Ferguson. Uh, Kevin Holland defeated Michael Chiesa. We already went over this. This one, I didn't even come close. I just look like an idiot. Just stupid, dumb. Uh, deserve it. Uh, props to anybody on Holland. Um, Bonfim defeated Jay Giles, missed that. CJ Vergara defeated Vinicius Salvador, missed that. Kapilov defeated Ribeiro, missed that. Uh, Matthews defeated Darius Flowers, I missed that. Uh, Euros Medic defeated Semmelsberger, missed that. Um, actually, I did see that. That was a pretty cool KO. Um, uh, no opinion on the stoppage, though, sorry. Uh, Maverick Cachoeira, I did catch that. Uh, we cashed that submission, of course. Um... And it was still a losing night. I don't think we recapped UFC London. I lost that one too, 0.322 units. Uh, I didn't get fucking fucked over on that one as far as the round robins, I don't think, because it was a well, Herbert decision could have won, but I didn't even get the one for four, in other words. Uh, McCann KO was never close. Uh, she didn't survive the one scare she would have, would have had to. Um, Aspinall sub uh, didn't happen, just ended instantly. Wood KO did not happen, but I don't know if there was moments for that. Wouldn't have mattered anyways, even if Herbert got the decision like he was supposed to. Um, I wouldn't have gotten anything for the round robin. Although, if Herbert got the decision, I would have cashed my straight play on him. And if Grant, which many people thought he should have got the decision, both bet and didn't, I'm not, again, I didn't cry about either of those live. I'm not crying about it now. Just recapping the result. Letting you know again, close decision. Could have saved my night. That I was on. I know. Brace yourself. Didn't go my way. Didn't go my way. Um, Roberts was never close. That was the other straight play. Aspinall round one. Biggest play of the night cashed. So it was still cashing the biggest plays of the night for what that's worth. And uh, again, even though my pick was wrong on the co-main event, uh, I still continued my winning betting streak because the bet was the under. was the other biggest bet. Um, and McCann Story Alenko under 2.5. So uh, for what that was uh, for what that was worth, uh, you know, 
the analysis wasn't too bad. But again, the good thing about going through a long recap like that is that as much of it as me fucking complaining is the reductive take, I guess, you guys can also see if you actually look at the context of those, like, how many of those were fucking close? Like, oh, calls. And how many of those were, oh, decisions or, oh, or whatever. And where was I on the side of not one, not two, every fucking one of those results? We just went like four, four or five cards there. So again, miss me with that variance talk. As Mr. Pink said, some guys are lucky, some guys ain't. So we're going to hope to turn that around. Thank you guys for listening to that. I'm going to clean up the comments, recap picks and plays. We'll get the fuck out of here off of a long episode. That'll be just over two hours. Um, awesome show, Dan. Thank you, Rio Susan Truesdale. Great show, Dan. Thank you, Jin Karasu. Good to see you in good health. I don't know about good health, but we're, we're trying to get there. Some blood labs, got nerve issues. Uh, gotta get a massage, the mind, everything's been shitty. Uh, Ghost Phantom, Jason Herzog, official ref of the PYM podcast. Uh, he's got my vote. I got a lot of love for a lot of the refs, but, uh, you know, so, but you guys know I'm a big Jason Herzog fan as well. Big Kevin McDonald fan. Um, by the way, uh, one of the things uh, I, I did ask when I was asking the actual, like, uh, when I was that tweet where I was doing that, I think you should leave the fecal matter procedures question. I really did ask that because they, they played a thing of a, a regional show where a guy shit, and then in the rules it says the person who committed the uh, lost bodily fluid will be declared the loser of the contest. But I was like, but what if it's a quick scramble and you don't you don't see where it came from, right? And it's messy. It's, like, smeared up a bit on their legs, like uh, like with the Justine Quiche thing. And I'm like, and no one wants to cop to it, you know? Maybe they can't. Maybe they're both, like, concussed and shit. Like, wh- where do you go there? And, like, <laughs> Blake was just like, uh, he didn't really know how to answer. And luckily we had, like, uh, we were lucky. We had, like, Mark Goddard and Herb fucking Dean sitting in half of our class, like, interjecting. And they would actually even get into arguments amongst themselves. Like, educated arguments, like how they should be, folks. Um, which is fine to have. But it was really interesting to see. And Mark Goddard just turned to me he's like... You reach in those shorts, mate. You stick your oh, you stick your hands in those fight shorts, mate. You'll find out who it is, sure enough. I was like, oh my god, Goddard. <laughs> that was great. Real season Tuesday. We back, back up. That's right, back up, back up. We back, we back. I know you guys are talking about the stream, but I'm gonna be quoting Stringer Bell, you know, uh, from The Wire. Tell the streets we back, we back up, we back. I don't know if I'm back, folks, but I'm, I'm trying to be. I want to at least come back for this week. I want to make sure I come back and be consistent for you guys. It's just been really, really tough with everything going on. Luke Gowans, just stopping by to say hi. I'm glad you're back, Dan. Going to watch it tomorrow. Thank you, Luke. Really appreciate it. Hope you hear this shout on the restream. Um, part of it, James Kendrick. I don't why get why you get hate. You do good work. I I don't know. I guess I can get why I get hate, but thank you for saying that. Um, Herzog is also the official ref of the Jack Slack podcast. Well, that makes me comfortable because I trust Jack's opinion more than mine. So at least I'm not too crazy there. All right, guys. Going to recap picks and plays for this uh, here long shit show. Um, all right. Fuck, I hate the way they fucking order these. Um, let's just do it this way, Dan. How about that? All right. Taking Sterling over O'Malley. Hold on one second. Stab there. Taking Sterling over O'Malley. Taking Zhang over Lemos. Taking. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, 
leaning Magny, to be honest, over Gary. I know it's stupid, so don't follow me off that cliff. Uh, I may end up still picking Gary, but I definitely ain't playing Gary. Uh, leaning Bautista over Blackshear. Again, check me on my quick picks and prognostications for both those. Uh, picking Vera over Pedro Munoz. Uh, taking Tavares over Weidman. Taking Hobocop over Tulum. Bro, stay away from that one. I take Hubbard over Holaba. Uh, uh, hearts with Holaba. Taking Katona over Gibson. <laughs> Obviously, my heart's with Gibson. Uh, uh, probably leaning Petrovsky over GM3. We'll see about that. Check me on my picks and plays on Fight Day at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter. Not X. Uh, probably taking Natalia Silver over Lee, but staying away from that one. Probably taking Moroz over Silva, but sit tight to see if I play that one. I'm, I'm actually going to try to uh, make time to look into that one. Uh, as far as plays go... Shouts to all you motherfuckers. Shouts to my guy, D-Loves Turmeric. TheTurmericTonic.com. Use Protect 15, 15% off, by the way. Shouts to them. Um, shouts to them in the analysis, because maybe I just will go Magni Madoff, right? I haven't listened to them yet, but I wonder if they're going to be on the same as me, because we're all old fucks who... Uh, kind of go the same way on some of those things uh, Not you guys aren't as old as me and you guys aren't fucks but you know what I mean it's endearing uh, but yeah I'm going to go with a plus 237 parlay uh, under 3.5 rounds for both the main and co-main event with Tavares 1.5 units plus 237 taking Sterling by sub plus 181 unit uh, round 2 what did I get that plus 600 or something for half a unit uh, Zhang by sub plus 400 one unit Zhang round 2 was it plus 450 half a unit um, round three, I think I got, what, plus 750 or something. I put 0.33 units. Scotty Pippen there. 1.88 un uh, units total exposure uh, for Zhang on that fight. Um, who knows if I end up, you know, if I end up, whether I pick uh, Magni uh, or not, uh, how can I not sprinkle on Magni by decision? So don't be surprised to see that as a straight play and or in the round robin, uh, maybe even a unit play on Magni if I'm getting frisky and I don't like Moreau's or GM3, right? Who knows there? Again, check my quick picks and plays on prognostications. That's all I got for you for plays here, but for the round robin, it'll probably be looking like something like Zhang sub, Sterling sub, um, maybe Magni by decision makes it on there, uh, and maybe like a dog like a GM3 or Moreau's or something if I end up picking them, but just, I don't have enough balls to play them. You know, and I want some type of exposure. Uh, that's what I go with there. Um, at Dan Tom and May, thank you all. Good luck on your picks and plays. And always protect your neck.